When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Oh, good evening, everybody, as we're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Plank with the night off. Look who's here. It's Aaron Torres. How you doing tonight, Torres? Uh, really good. It's, it, you know, it's interesting that... that uh... You know, you read that tire rack read. Perfect. Are, are Perfect. You, are you allowed at, at your age to, to still drive or <laughs> by law is that like, because I, I don't know, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of advancements, you know, in, in driving and technology. So I just wasn't you, sure. I'm already driving the show better than you could drive this show. There's what? no herking, uh, jerking the wheel left, jerking it right. Putting is this it where the we gas, say psych? Brake, gas, brake, gas, brake. I'm, I'm, I'm a perfect driver. I'm perfect at this. All, all over the place, like one of your shows. Yeah, <laughs> typical. What? What's going on, man? How are you? How's life? You got your wife out shoveling right now, or what? She, I brought her for her new birthday, uh, for her birthday, the deluxe shovel that is bent a little bit with the foam handle, Whoa. monogrammed with her initials. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you know, only the best for my wife. And uh, yes, yeah, she was she was out shoveling uh, earlier today, as a matter of fact, because we we did have uh, over a foot of snow. So I said, hey, the, the driveway is not going to clear itself. So there you go. Let's get out there. Let's go ahead and do that thing. So I I go. Take, take your birthday present and go ahead and 
to use it for good right now, so there you go. All right. Well, very good. Well, it's great uh, to be here. Plank. People think I'm kidding, too, right? They think oh, I'm, I mean, I'm, I've been working with you forever. I know that yeah. you force your wife to shovel. You claim that she loves it. She says she loves it. I don't want to take that away from her. You Are know, you like, guys, I know we got to get to real sports stuff. Are yeah. you guys in do the we, middle of like a we? crazy <laughs> weather pattern? Because like I heard like Washington, D.C. was like 85 degrees on like Thursday, and then it was down to like 25 on uh, on like Saturday. So, are you in the middle of one of those, or are you just always uh, basically? No, 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 no. We actually, matter of fact, this has been a real mild winter out here. I mean, we we did have some snow, and then it eased up on that, and we got a few flurries. But overall, temperature wise, we've we've been okay. So it's been good out here in the in the Northeast. We haven't had as much snow and bad weather and rain as you guys have had in California. That's for sure. You know? Yeah, it's great. Well, it's funny because I did mention that. The other day was I was driving into the studio. The the roads were really bad. I know that I need some new tires for the car, and I was like, "Well, I'll just call TireRack.com." Oh, you do t- that. Tire buying should it. be, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I've been on that website uh, a million and a half times on it when I was buying all my tires. All right, we got a lot to get to. It is a busy show. Todd Furman will join us next hour. DeSager will join us next hour. Of course, we'll have all the updates, and of course, Plank with the night off. He was making his way back from California with uh, with Oklahoma softball, so uh, we gave him the night off. I didn't want to, but what the hell? I'm such a nice guy out there. Uh, Lakers went. How about that? My Lakers down by 27. What did you think about that, Torres? Did you see that record? What are teams like Owen 138 or something like that when they're down by 27 points in the game? They came back. They What a great win. A big win against Dallas. I was a little nervous about LeBron because he said he thought he heard something pop. I thought he was talking about his knee. He hurt his ankle. That would have just destroyed the whole season. Who knows what that would have done to his career, but he's okay. Uh, Lakers get a big victory there, my friend. So really quick, uh, they They've won four or five since the trade deadline. Are you a believer that the pieces are now there for them to make a real run? Um, I, I think it was better, obviously, than it was when Russell was there. There's no doubt about that. Not that Russell's not going to help the Clippers, and I'm sure we'll get into that later on, but it seems like they're more coherent or they're more in tune with each other and um, playing a little bit better basketball. Am I wrong on that or what? You're not. I, I am curious, though, because for the last three years, all I've heard is it's Russ's fault, it's Russ's fault, it's Russ's fault. And I've heard some blame on AD. He can't stay healthy. Last year it was Frank Vogel. By the way, in the lead-up to the trade deadline, it was all Rob Palenka's fault. He can't put together a roster. He doesn't know what they're doing. Well, now it seems like they got some pretty nice pieces that actually complement each other. Obviously, D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt's a nice piece that kind of, you know, a defensive stop really sealed the victory today. I'm telling you, is maybe they dug a hole too big, and, and maybe LeBron won't take any heat at all if they don't have success in the postseason. But for the last three or four years since that bubble championship, all I've heard is it's everybody else's fault. Well, you got the coach you wanted. The GM did his job at the trade deadline. You got rid of the guy that everybody was blaming. I'll be curious to see how it all plays out for uh, for the Lakers and LeBron over these next couple months. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, Anthony Davis has played, what, uh, 36 games or something like that. that. That's where it starts. When you throw in load management and you still only play 36 games and you go ahead and get hurt a lot, um, I don't know what that says about you. I, I don't know what the, you know what the, if it's just unlucky physical conditioning or, or what it is, but that's the biggest problem, that him and LeBron have, have not been on the court too many times. I thought they have the best record when they are, 
but obviously they're a much better team. They've got to stay healthy. They've got to play a little bit more. What would this team be if they didn't have to do load management? How many more wins um, would they have? So, um, well, th- that's where it starts with Anthony Davis. Well, you can't have that conversation without saying, what if nobody had load management? Where oh, would the Clippers geez. be? Where would uh, the Pelicans be? Like, you know, you and the Pelicans are a bad example, but you go on and on down the list. It, listen, I'll say this, man. You know, the West really is wide open. I think that's one of the reasons, not only is it the obvious reason why the, the Suns made the trade for KD, but I think it's why it's so interesting because you can even add a piece as good as KD and there might be other roadblocks in the way, but I think that with KD, with the Suns, it makes them, in my opinion, probably the favorites. And it was funny, right before the show, I was asking producer Bo, as we have a Clippers-Nuggets uh, game on, on on the TV, I said, I understand the Nuggets are in first place, and, and there's a lot of people that, that follow the NBA more closely than I do. And I said to him, I said, does anyone actually believe the Nuggets are really going to make a run? Like, I don't care if they're the number one seed, they have this many regular season wins, home field advantage, blah, blah, blah. Does anyone actually believe that they're going to make a run? I would think... Take, I would take about three other teams exactly. to come out of the West. Well, I would say probably Phoenix because of the moves they made. Um, Dallas because of the moves they made. Maybe the Clippers because, you know, when playoff time comes around, they're turning up. And maybe even more Sacramento. I'd probably take those four teams before I would take Denver. That's being disrespectful for to Denver, though. You so know? you just said that, the, that Russ is going to have no impact on the Clippers at all. And you believe? No, I said I would take the Clippers. I know that's what I'm saying. A minute ago, though, you said Russ is going to have no impact on the Clippers. Um, but you believe in in the Kyrie Luca dream team over there with uh, one basketball and and all that more than you do uh, more than you do the this team right here. I don't know so much after today's game, <laughs> to, to be honest with you. And by the way, if I said Russ isn't going to be a difference maker for the Clippers, then I then I misspoke on that because I, I think the opposite. I think he is going to be a, a difference maker for the Clippers. It just didn't work out w- with the Lakers out there. I think I think he got a bad rap. I hate to see all the knocks he took I agree. for a guy that was a, a former MVP. I, I still thought he had a lot left. They were just blaming him because they wanted somebody to blame. You only well, have to look in the mirror with, the, with LeBron and Anthony Davis. And I remember when we were doing our Saturday show, I remember arguing with you about this because anyone that understands like the fundamental elements of basketball understands that, you know, Russ is a like like Russ is a former MVP, um, but his game was never going to mesh with LeBron. And this was the piece that LeBron won. And this is the frustrating part. And I think this is why so many of us get frustrated with LeBron is that he's this incredible talent, but he can never take response. Everything is always somebody else's fault. It's like, this is the guy you went to bat for. This is the guy that you had a private conversation with Anthony Davis in Los Angeles a few weeks before that trade went down. This was the guy that you wanted. And the second that thing go that things go sideways, even though we all know that he is a player that doesn't complement your skill set, the second that things go sideways, it's all his fault, and it became all his fault for an 18-month period until he was ultimately traded a few weeks ago. So he's not a perfect player at this point. We know what his faults are, he being Russell Westbrook. But this was the guy that LeBron wanted. This was the guy that we all said, I don't know how they're going to work together. And then the second it goes sideways, it's all everybody else's fault. You know what's so crazy is, too, I mean, look at the difference between the Lakers and even Portland. What, Portland's at number 12, and I think there's a game and a half or two and a half games that separate them from number six. I mean, literally, there's like eight teams separated by a game, a game and a half. That that's that's absolutely insane. There's going to be a lot of jockeying the last 20, what, 21, 22 games out there, but 
that's crazy about how they're all punched up like that there. It is, and I, you know, I think it, again, speaks to what we discussed a minute ago, is that it just feels so wide open where, you know, the difference between, say, third place and, you know, the, the Lakers in, in 11th place is, what, six and a half games, whereas you look at, at the East and it's like, you know, there's a big gap between those top two and everybody else. And so the West is wide open. It'll be interesting. Let me ask you, somebody, I know you love the NBA you have forever. Does it feel like those top two in the East are significantly better than everybody in the West? Like, do you think if the Suns figure it out with KD, like, do you think there's a, a threat to win it all in the West? Well, or the West you're talking about? Yeah, or- the West. To win it all. To win it all. To well, beat either Boston or Milwaukee, I assume that those are the two that you think are the favorites. In well, the, I like in the East. I like Philadelphia too, but I, I think Boston is certainly the uh, the team to beat. Though Milwaukee's right on their heels, I, I think though Milwaukee, um, I would probably take Philadelphia over Milwaukee, but I do think that Boston's going to come out. They're, they're just so deep. They and with Tatum and um, Brown, they're just a great one-two punch. And matter of fact, they're they're such a great one-two punch that they're not even getting enough credit that they get right now. I mean. Blooming stars, and we don't even. And Tatum, look what he did in the All Star game, and we don't give him enough credit. But the only team that I see that can win it um, out of the East is Boston. Otherwise, I would take. You don't uh, buy Milwaukee, huh? They're no, I'm not buying. Back. Yeah, I'm not buying. Not so much about the half game back, and I know they won four in a row. I just don't see them um, able to go up against some of the teams in the West out there. I don't even see them beating Boston in a seven game series either. And I think they'd have a tough time with Philadelphia, who they'd probably have to meet in the in the semi. So that's a big break for Boston, because they would end up getting. Cleveland. I, I think everything's lining up for Boston coming out of the East. Really quick, same with the 76ers. We were, we were actually, before the show, just talking a little bit about them. You know, Harden's doing his regular season thing where he's putting up really good stats, and it's like, we've seen him in the playoffs a million. Like, I'm just not a buy a, a believer in Harden in the playoffs specifically. I don't care what you do in January and February. When the games get tight, when teams have four, five, six games to put together game plans for you, I don't buy him in the playoffs. Uh, you know, I, I actually thought last year Tyrese Maxey was a better player for them uh, than Harden was. Are you not a buyer in Philly either? It's not that I'm not a buyer, and I do like them because I see a lot of their games out here too, so I get to watch a lot of them. I just think that Boston's so much better. Uh, and, and what a great – did you see the shot? The, uh, what was the oh, last it was on game? air. That was, just a, that was just incredible. It, it, you know, Jason Martin pulled the Arnie Spanier. Uh, he's six seconds ahead and ye- oh. yelling for Jason Tate. Uh, you, know, I'm, you know, I'm kind of on air trying not to do the play-by-play. Uh, DeSager was with us, but trying not to do the play-by-play of it's 107-107. We'll keep you updated if anything has happened. And then as soon as I say that, Jason Martin's screaming. And then I say, well, I guess something just happened. And then he starts screaming again. So, uh, so yes, I, I oh, saw you, it all and was on air, yes. You are lucky that I wasn't on the air when Arizona State beat Arizona. Oh, we'd have to have like a, a two-day delay. I thought I you mean, were going to call out. I thought I was going to have to do this show myself. Oh, Plank's man. calling out. You're calling out. I was. If, believe me, if Plank was working tonight, I would have called in sick. I'm. I'm still distraught over that game. That, but, that, that killed me. You know that, don't you? It means that now Arizona State's probably going to make the tournament. That's great. For I don't. You. I don't you root for that. For no, rival? I don't. No, I don't root for my rival. What's what? wrong with you? Do you the root Pac-12. for Connecticut State? Come on now. What's the, wrong with you? I love Central Connecticut. The Blue Devils, <laughs> baby. Uh, Arizona State, you need all the Pac-12 teams to get in. I, you know, we'll talk about it later. I don't know if the Pac-12 is going to be a thing in like a year from now, so you got to celebrate while you can, man. Then it's back to be Des a- Cambridge launches from oh. backcourt. Oh! He made it! He made it! He made it! Oh! Cambridge knocks down a three from backcourt, and the Sun Devils have won it. The Sun Devils have won it. 
To say I'm watching the game and I'm saying to myself, are you blanking kidding me? And I was praying. I go, please say the clock ran out. I go, please say that the clock ran out. I'm begging him to miss the shot, miss the free throw. Um, Then that never happens. I, I, it's, it amazes me how many coaches get it wrong on when to make free throws, when to miss free throws. Um, You don't put anybody in bounding the ball. You give a guy a free shot. It just amazes me, Aaron. It's crazy, you know? Yeah, it was it was interesting. My wife actually happened to walk in the room right as that play happened, and she mm. did the whole like, "Oh, I guess it's college basketball season." And I'm like, "Oh, we're a couple days from March, so yesterday was crazy. Today had some crazy results. I know we'll talk about that later, but it's getting to be that time." And yeah, Arizona State, the team of the weekend. How about then, Sun Devils? Forks up, baby. How about yeah, them Sun Devils? Woo. No, it's not how about them Sun Devils. By the way, this segment brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes uh, a bundling easier and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, your RV, your boat, uh, your ATV, and more, all for your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. He's Aaron Torres, sitting in for our buddy Chris Blank. I'm Artie Spanier. We'll come back. We'll give you an update on Lillard. He just went off for 41 in the first half. How many does he have now that are in the fourth quarter? We'll get to that. And we'll talk a little bit about the rules in Major League Baseball. This had me just going crazy for the last couple of days. So we're going to get to all that. That's coming up next right here on Fox Sports Radio. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free... This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
All right, good evening, everybody. Aaron Torres in for Chris Plank. I'm Arnie Spanier. We are live from the TireRack.com studios. We're, by the way, Damian Lillard with 64 right now, Torres. Unbelievable. I mean, the guy is 12 of 19 from three-point range, 20 of 32 from the field, 64 points trying to get into the 70 range. He is on fire tonight. He has a career eye. So did you see the story? First of all, he's an incredible player. Um, Did you see the story? He did an interview, I think it was with Evan Turner, where he said that he thought he was one of the most disrespected players by the media in the NBA. No, I did not. say so Even when he says something controversial, we didn't see it. So he is disrespectful. But go ahead. See, I actually think it's the exact opposite. I okay. actually, I, no, I, 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 we, you know, Monty brought this up. I was filling in with Dan Byer the other day. Real professional, I might add. Uh, no, that's my go-to line. You're a professional too. No, and and Monty kind of brought it up in passing, and I only bring it up because I actually think it's the exact opposite. I think he's actually pretty much like the most respected player in the NBA. And I actually think, I, I don't want to say he gets a pass, but like, isn't Damian Lillard the only guy in the NBA that we kind of don't hold the standard of like, you got to win championships, right? Like LeBron, uh, Giannis, you know, Jokic, we criticize if he doesn't well, win Because he plays play. for a bad team, though. So that, that's, that's what I mean, pass, though. Yeah. But so you, so I, I think, you know, I don't want to say he gets a pass because I don't think he gets a pass. I, but I think everyone respects his decision to want to stay in Portland, to try to build a winner there as he puts up another three. He missed that one, though. Sorry, I can't do play-by-play here. I don't want to get us in trouble. I, I just think that... If he was playing with the Lakers and LeBron in, oh, in the way stop. Russell, no, no, I'm just saying the way that Russell Westbrook did, and he didn't make the Lakers any better, he'd be catching tons of heat. It's just that he's playing in a market that's a small time market. If he was like in New York or LA, if he was part of that Brooklyn team right now that's falling, he'd be catching tons of heat about that, you know? But he wouldn't be part of that team. Like, that's the point, though. Like, yeah, I mean, he would catch heat if he was whatever, if he was Russell Wilson and demanded a trade or demanded Pete Carroll be fired. No, 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 Russell Wilson. Like, like you could throw in a million hypotheticals, but that's just not who he is. What's his market, though? Portland. You know, if he's in a bigger market where they hold you accountable, maybe it's a whole different story. I think they hold him accountable. I think it's that he's sticking with an organization where he's trying to win, but it's clearly not the best situation for him to win. So I actually give him credit. I think I think I think it's a pretty cool story. Um, I like the fact that he's loyal to Portland. That's where he wants to be, and he's doing everything he can to bring success to that organization. But to sit there and say like, "Oh, you know, uh, you know, uh, I'm being disrespected," it's like I don't think anybody disrespects you, man. I think everybody kind of loves you, to be perfectly honest. All right, Aaron Torres, Arnie Spaniard, Torres in for Plank. By the way, today's a special day. You might not know this. Um, but in 1993, that was the last time I was wrong. I want to read a tweet to you that said, Stu, no God said this in, that said, you said the 1993 Mets were winning the NL East guaranteed uh, on the Sports Entertainment Network. You were so wrong, but nobody's perfect. I enjoy your shows back then. Um, I think that was the last time I was wrong. So that's why it sticks out. 19, 30 years he's holding that against me, Torres. 30 years just to tell me I'm wrong. How do you remember? I don't remember what the hell I I said back three days ago, yet alone thirty years. Who Jeez. said this? I'm sorry. I they mean, said that they sent a tweet that said that I was picking the Mets back in 1993, and I was very wrong about that. 
And you were picking them in 2023? No, no, I just wanted to let you know that I was wrong 30 years ago. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, so you're wrong. I mean, I could give you a more recent example, like I, today, I don't know, maybe that, that's it. But the reason I bring that up, I want to get to some Major League Baseball. You saw the highlight of the game that had the bases loaded, full count. Um, of course, they the batter was... Uh, what throw not thrown out, but given the final strike because he didn't get in the batter's box fast enough. There's a pitch clock now going on, and not only just for the pitcher, the batters have to get in a timely fashion. When I first saw this, I go, if they're going to start doing this, can you imagine during the regular season if they say nope, bases loaded, and you didn't get in the uh, the batter's box fast enough, or you didn't pitch fast enough? That's it, automatic strike or automatic ball. It just it's inc- it's incredible. And then I'm thinking to myself, I looked at the times of the spring training games, especially for the Mets, and I sent that over to you. Two hours and 15 minutes, two hours and 20 minutes, two hours and 30 minutes. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. I, I kind of like the faster game. Let's speed it up a little bit. I, I, I like that kind of trend, you know? I, I disagree. Um, because, one, I think that uh, – I, I just think that, first of all, if you look at at baseball, like let me ask you. So let me ask you: Is baseball's biggest problem time time of games? Like, are there twenty six year old guys out there that don't care about baseball right now? That all of a sudden are gonna be like, you know what? Let's put on that Reds Rockies game because they got that pitch clock now. Like, like I think the people that like baseball. Right. Are watching it already. And I know you always want to expand your audience. And I also think like that's part of the fun of going to a game is you grab some beers, you grab some hot dogs, you hang out, you do this, you do that. I just don't think this is baseball biggest problem right now, if that makes sense. Well, let me ask you, so do you think that football's biggest problem was protecting the defensive receiver or, you know, late hit on the quarterback, but yet they they make changes every year. We're going to be talking about some of that later on in this show, but they make changes every year. Are they getting more fans when they protect the defensive receiver or are they just making the game better? You know, maybe it's not there to make more fans. Maybe it's to make baseball just a little bit faster, a little bit more palatable to the people that watch it right now, you know? I guess, yeah. I, I also, but I, my, my own, I, I, you know, if, if it's a concern, like, you know, whatever, like, you know, is it a concern? It is a concern. It is moving too slow. It's so much of a concern that that's why they did with the with the runners on second and extra innings. They're doing their best to speed it up now. Let me ask you a question, though. If you're saying, does it somebody under the age of 25 say, okay, they're speeding it up, now I'm going to want to watch baseball? If, you're gonna, if the answer is no to that, then baseball is going to be a dying sport, and they're in big, big trouble. Matter of fact, there's two sports right now. Well, there's NFL and college football. And then there's everybody else. Um, it wasn't like that when I was younger. The other sports really stood on their own. I mean, the NBA after Larry and Magic got in. But now, I mean, it is, it's night and day, the gap that the NFL and football's created between the other sports. And I, I don't know what's going to happen. If you're telling me baseball can't get fixed by playing at a faster pace, then they're in big, big trouble right now, and I don't know what the hell to do. By the way, Damian Lillard just checked out. Uh, I believe he'll finish the game with 69 points, Arnie Spence. No, they didn't let him get to 70. They didn't let him get one more. What's wrong with them? What's the... 39 seconds left in the game. So. Oh, that's, so they waited. 71. No, he got to 71. Oh, he did get to 71. Woo! How wow. about our boy? No, I agree. We just got a tweet, and, and I agree with this, is um, 
from from one of our listeners who said, I can say Lillard is highly respected by me. I barely tolerate the NBA, but I'm a huge Dame fan. He's due massive respect. I know we want to get back to baseball, Arnie. We've got to get to Sager, but yeah. I, I do agree with that. I just I, I think he's about the right things. He's been loyal. He could go somewhere else, but he's trying to bring that championship to Portland. By the way, what's the old saying? Don't don't try to be happier than happy. If he's happy in Portland, yes, if that's where yes. he wants to be good for him and you know is it realistic that they'll ever build a winner for him at this point in his career probably not but he's fun to watch and I respect the heck out of him. All right. by the way Shams put this out Damian Lillard with the 71 tonight becomes the 8th player in NBA history to score 70 or more in a game so there you just the 8th player that's I thought there'd be a well. I guess that's about Donovan right, Mitchell got about seventy the other. But it was overtime, I know. But he got seventy a few weeks ago, right? A few months back. Because I just remember it was actually, tra- you know, not tragically, but could have been tragically. It was the night the Demar Hamlin situation happened, and he went for seventy, and it got completely overlooked. But why I bring it up was I was like, damn, seventy is a lot. And then of course you automatically think about the 80, 80 point game from Kobe. Oh, so. oh. He's Aaron Torres, I'm Arnie Spanier here on Fox Sports Radio. We'll see what's trending. I also want to get back to other changes, uh, some of the rule changes in some of the other sports, especially the NFL. We'll get to Brandon Miller also. But first, look who it is, DeSager. I Hello. didn't give in the night off. What's trending out there, DeSager? Nor did I ask, of course. Donovan uh, Mitchell last month, 71 points, thanks. and he played 50 minutes on the court. Kobe Bryant scored 81 in 42 minutes on the court with the Lakers in a comeback against Toronto in 2006. By the time they took Lillard out of this game tonight in the final minute, he was gassed. He had, in 39 minutes on the court, 71 points Mm. and Mm. six rebounds and six assists and only two turnovers in all of that. Wow. We were keeping a track of the three-point shooting. Klay Thompson with the NBA record of making 14 three-pointers in a game. Lillard finished 13. 13 yeah, yeah, 13. 13 of 22 Oof. from long distance. He was really starting to put him up in the final minutes. They left him in in what wound up a solid win. Normally he would have been taken out in the last two, three minutes, but not tonight. Blazers. They should have fouled him, like, go, go to the line. We're down 18. Oh, yeah, I'm sure the, the opponent would love to yeah. do this. <laughs> Houston losing its ninth straight game. Uh, Blazers 131-114 is the final. So the folks at StatMuse point out that here we've got Damian Lillard with another 50-point game. In fact, this was the call. Back to Dame. Out of the wing. Steps back, fades away. Long two. Hits it. 50 for Dame. And he kept going after that. That was Blazers Radio Network on FSR affiliate KPOJ. So 15 times in his career, a 50-point game for Damian Lillard. Guys who've had 50-point games 15 times or more are, of course, Wilt Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Elgin Baylor, James Harden, and Damian Lillard. Wow. And they point out that Wilt has more 50-point games than the other five guys combined, just for the record. (laughs) (laughs) Which brings me to a secondary point, which I've brought up before. If you hear people talking about the 10 best players in NBA history, and they're not talking about Wilt Chamberlain and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, just tell them to stop talking. Yeah, Uh, but Wilt played against pharmacists and stuff like that. Come on I'll tell you this. If you want want to talk about the greatest athletes ever born, 
Wilt Chamberlain oh, yeah. might be number one. This guy was, for people who don't know, he he could have been like a world-class track and field guy. He was, yep. he was setting all kinds of records in high school. Volleyball. And th- yep. then he retired, and some say he was the best volleyball player that ever lived after retirement from the NBA. So. He, he not only had the 100-point game early in his NBA career, he had four 70-point games in his career on top of that. Yeah, I was guarding him in the 100-point game. Though. Well, that explains that. <laughs> I can see you being in Hershey, Pennsylvania for no good reason. I'm not surprised by that at all. By the way, because that Wilt 100-point game was not played in Philly or New York, those were the two competing teams. Right. There's no film of it. It was in Hershey, PA. I have heard the radio broadcast because I guess it got replayed at midnight or the station recorded it or somebody it would there was some weird story of how we even had that but really no iphone back then i can't believe that i don't understand <laughs> that as you know what an iphone yeah. is 1962 <laughs> there's no there's no film of that so we got just one nba game still going at denver nine minutes to go nuggets still ahead of the clippers but it's just 70 to 66 now earlier the lakers were down 27 in the first half pulled off the biggest comeback win in the league this year they won at dallas la 111 108 the final Milwaukee won its 14th straight game, even wow. with Giannis out with a bruised quad. After I just got the, I don't think they can do it. True <laughs> <laughs> Holiday, 33 points. Milwaukee beats Phoenix, 104-101. Looks like Kevin Durant will play for the Suns this week. And Atlanta got a game-winning jumper at the buzzer from Trey Young to beat Brooklyn, 129-127. The Hawks agreed to a five-year deal with Quinn Snyder to be their new head coach. College basketball's regular season ends next weekend. UCLA will be hosting second place Arizona in the Pac-12. Number four, UCLA clinches the Pac-12 title today, winning at Colorado 60-56. to To say real quick, Mm -hmm. Quinn Snyder, is he actually going to coach this year or they just bring it? Yes, this week they say. Yeah, this year, Tuesday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe as early as Tuesday, but yeah, it sounds like at some point this week. That's a good question because they've had an interim coach, of course, getting rid of McMillan recently. Northwestern uh, beaten at Maryland. Illinois beaten by Ohio State. Padres agree to a new 11-year contract with Manny Machado. And Kyle Bush won the NASCAR race in Southern California. And finally, for our pal Chris Plank, he was in Southern California this weekend. I've talked about this on the show before. There are these three baseball slash softball fields out by Palm Springs. Right, right. One looks like Wrigley Field, one like Yankee Stadium, and one like Fenway. They're not full size fields, they're for youth tournaments and like this Division I softball tournament this weekend. So if you're driving east from L.A. and past where NASCAR was at Fontana and just keep going to Cathedral City, Oklahoma played five games. This is defending softball national champs. Played five games there this weekend. Four of the five, they had to stop after five innings by the mercy rule. They just killed everybody. They crushed UCLA. Including number one and undefeated UCLA, 14-0 today. Four homers in one inning. But they didn't play Arizona. (laughs) That's right. They could have beaten anybody this weekend. Back to you. I don't know how this is so damn good. Uh, Thanks a lot to Sager. Aaron Torres in for Chris Plank. I'm Marty Spanier. We're live from the TireRack.com studios. Go ahead and check it out, TireRack.com. Real quick on a serious subject, because I know you were talking about this last night about Brandon Miller and the introductions where he was patted down by a teammate. Um, the whole thing, Aaron, the whole thing is terrible. There's no doubt about that. There's no sugarcoating that. A young woman lost her life. Absolutely the horrific uh, situation there. Um, as though for Brandon Miller, I, I, I personally think 
that he's not done anything legally wrong. I'm not an attorney, but it doesn't seem like he's done anything legally wrong. Morally, absolutely, uh, he's done something wrong, but um, I'm really not sure what type of punishment people were expecting the school to hand down down to him. I just thought that the introduction the other day um, shows that he's not cognizant on how serious the situation was, because if you were, uh, you don't do something like that. You say, you know, I know they were doing it all year and, and before every game, but you have to know what's going on. You have to know what the situation is, something that should not have been done. And, you know, somebody should have said, hey, maybe you shouldn't do it this game. Maybe you should cut that out and, um, you know, show a little respect. And, and, and to me, that was very disappointing. Yeah, there's a lot of layers to this, and, and obviously we don't have to get into every single one starting on Tuesday with the, the, the pretrial hearing and NATO's press conference. But as far as the, the pat-down you know, introduction is concerned, I will say, like, like I'll defend Nate Oates a little bit on this, is that I'm with you, Arnie, is that the player has to have a little bit of self-awareness, right? And and I get that he's 20 years old. But first of all, I'm told all the time these aren't kids, right? Like, like oh, it's you know. It's a business. It's a business. It's a yeah. business. They yeah. should be able to go pro at 18. They're not kids. They should do this. They should. Well, if they're not a kid, that makes them an adult. And right. as an adult, we can talk, again, about the situation that he finds himself in, the legalities of it, all of that. But he has to be aware. And frankly, it's on the school before any of this happens to make him aware, hey, man, Everything you do is under a microscope. Whether we think what you did was wrong, whether we know, you know, if we believe you're innocent, whatever. That is irrelevant of the fact that everything you do on social media, everything you do on the court, every single statement you make to the he media. He paid NIL money, so, you, you know, that's a job. You're getting paid, Aaron, you know? I agree. And so, as far as the pat-down is concerned... I don't blame the coaches for it. Now, they're the ones that have to answer the questions after the game. That was just a complete lack of self-awareness. The situation is bad enough as it is. Uh, I know Nate Oates said that they're not planning on doing it anymore, but you got to be a little bit more self-aware. Did anybody ever ask why you do need a gun on a college campus, or is that an inappropriate task? I'm just... Kind of curious about that, you know, because you would think a college campus is pretty safe, no. especially down there. Well, no, I, I, I think it's a perfectly reasonable question to ask. Um, and I, I just think, in my opinion, listen, I, I understand that some people come from tougher backgrounds where they think that this is necessary. But I, I also do believe that, as exactly as you said, a college campus is supposed to be a safe haven. I'm not trying to compare apples to apples here, but it's what made the Michigan State situation a few weeks ago so awful, is that right, right. parents send their kids to a college campus to be safe and to be you know in, in a, a safe environment. And I will say, I actually saw uh, Outkick.com this week sent a reporter down to Tuscaloosa, and the students referenced how the police presence is a lot different. It's it's a you know, and I'm not trying to be dismissive of, of a woman who lost her life, but it's not as fun to go out anymore. Everything is taken more seriously. There's a different tone to going out on a Friday and Saturday night in Tuscaloosa since this incident happened. It's probably the way that it should be, Arnie. But to your point, um, you would hope that when you go off to college, it's a safe place where you don't need a firearm. Well, unfortunately, we've had some bad things on some college campuses, but uh, our thoughts really go out to the 23-year-old who had lost her life, the young lady. And, um, you know, I guess, like I said, he had not done anything legally wrong. But morally, I certainly think he did something wrong. But when you're the star of the team, you're not going to get a punishment like that. Uh, you know you're protecting somebody when you would treat him um, differently than the last player on the team who probably would have been thrown off the team for something like that. Would you not agree on that, Aaron, or what? 
that uh, the uh, the last player on the team would have been thrown off if it happened to him. I believe so. Yes, I yeah, but- I, I I think there. You know, again, should he be sitting because he didn't commit a crime? I, I've said this many times on these airwaves the last couple of days. Alabama's biggest mistake was not sitting him the second that they found out that he was at the scene of the crime, let law enforcement do their investigation. And then when he's cleared by law enforcement, you can say, hey, we did our due diligence, blah, 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 blah. Once they decided to play him, I do, I don't agree with them not pulling him, but I sort of pseudo understand it. Uh, but I think they made a mistake by not sitting him at the beginning. And I bring it all up to say I agree with you, Arnie. If this was the eighth guy on the bench, if he was the 13th scholarship player, he probably wouldn't be with the team right now. Aaron Torres in for Chris Plank. I'm Arnie Spanier. Some buzzer beaters yesterday in college hoops. We'll talk about who we like and uh, some pre-March madness excitement. All that coming up next right here on Fox Sports Radio. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. All right, good evening, everybody. We are live from the TireRack.com studios. Aaron Torres in for Chris Plank. I'm Arnie Spanier taking you through this Sunday night. A lot of buzzer beaters uh, in college basketball yesterday, Torres. By the way, I just I don't know what it is this year. 
I'm I, and I use I love college basketball. There's just I'm going to take every underdog in March Madness. <laughs> I'm not seriously. I right. I just have no idea. There's been so many different number one teams. Um, you know, I, I remember when you were hyping up your Connecticut team, um, and they've had a, anybody in that top twenty. It seems like can make a run at this thing. It is. It is crazy. It really is bunched up, and I could make a case for more teams why they won't win it, um, why they will win it. So it, it just seems like it's just so wide open again this year. I've said this many times. I, I think the narrative that all, it, th- this comes up every year. Oh, it's wide open. Any there's 25 teams that can win it. No, no, there's not. Usually by this time of year, you can whittle it down to about four or five teams. It's usually either the no. History says if you're not a number one seed or you don't have a dominant player like a Kemba Walker, you're not winning the tournament. I bring it up to say this year is absolutely the exception, Arnie. Absolutely. I, I mean, you you know, you talk about talking yourself out of teams. I don't feel really good about any team right. going right. into March. I mean, think about even just the top ten. I mean, uh, you know, Houston's number one. You know, Houston, they haven't played a surefire NCAA tournament team <laughs> since before Christmas. So it is a easy schedule that made it, it was a perfect storm for them. An easy schedule. Not that they haven't done a good job up there, but it is, it's been perfect for them, you know. Yeah. Virginia just lost to a bad North Carolina team. They're in the yep. top ten right now. Lost to a bad North Carolina team this after losing a Boston College the other day. Purdue you, lost, right? Purdue lost, Purdue, Purdue lost at home last yeah. night to Indiana. My Wildcats lost to Arizona State. Another bad game there. Arizona State owns Arizona. It's oh, official. Yeah. It is the official uh, uh, yeah. uh, premier school in the state. A couple weeks ago, I liked Tennessee, and they've kind of fallen on hard times now. They have. And, and, you know, I think the other thing, too, is you can't dismiss teams that were bad, were, were good early, and, and struggled in the middle and are getting good. So, I'll give you like a, UConn. That's UConn what team. I was going to say. I know yeah. everyone. Oh, you're a homer. Well, they got a couple NBA players, and they're, the, the last calendar month, they're 6-1. and one, And the way you kind of look at their schedule, they when they really struggled, it was because they played a lot of teams on the road that I don't think we realized they were as good as they are. You know, they played Marquette on the road. Marquette just won the Big East regular season title. Providence is good. They played them early on TCU the road. TCU beat Kansas this year, did they not? And at Fog Allen Fieldhouse, yeah. yeah. It's down at number 24, Kansas is the top three Great team. Call. So, TCU is you know, a team yeah. that could, it sounds crazy, but TCU is a team that could absolutely win the national championship or at least well, go talk to about at least go to a, a final four or something like that. You know, make a run like that way. Absolutely, Baylor's another one. I mean, you go on and on down the list. We it, didn't bring up Indiana. Did you bring was, up Indiana? No, yeah. I was just about to say them. It sounds yeah. crazy. They've been bad. I'll tell you the other one too. They're not even ranked right now. Kentucky's won ten of their last thirteen. Mm. They got an NBA point guard and a national player of the year down low. Is that the team? If they get like a seven seed, because they'll they'll probably be in that range. If you're a two seed in Arizona or Kansas or whomever, is that the team that you want to see? Because that's not a team that I want to no, see. Arnie. No, 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 it's definitely not. Definitely not at all. It just it just seems like this year, uh, and we've had some great games. I don't know. It, it, it something's missing from college basketball. I just I've not got into it like I've had in the last couple of years. Um, it just seems like something's missing there, and I don't know what it is. But I'm sure we'll come back once March Madness starts. You know, we will. And this weekend was really awesome. Um, and but I would also I, I think it's because there is no great team. Every time you get excited about a team, they take a bad 
bad loss or two bad losses or whatever. So I actually I, I think you're onto something there. Where I, I think it's going to be a great tournament. I hope the good teams do advance and don't all get upset in the first weekend, and we end up with a you know a Kansas State Providence championship. Game that or wouldn't something. hurt this year because I mean really people are not going to be upset if uh, Houston gets eliminated or Purdue or Virginia or or you know one of those. It's not like they're blue bloods or anything like that. No, no. I mean, I, I just, you know, I, I, it's, it's going to be a fascinating tournament. That, that's all I can say. And I think even with one week left in the regular season, some teams like Gonzaga, their regular season is done. It still feels very wide open. Look at that. Hour one in the books just cruised on by. Look at that. And I didn't even I'm have incredible. to carry you all that I'm much, to be honest. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Um, we'll come back. Todd Furman's going to join us next hour. DeSager's going to go ahead and stop on by. we got more NBA to get to, some rumors in the NFL. A busy show for you today. So get on in. Of course, Torres and Span, you're here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, good evening, everybody. As we're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios, TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Torres in tonight. Chris Blank, I gave the night off. He had to travel too much. He's too busy right now. You got that Oklahoma. He had to travel 10 t- minutes from the Fox Sports Radio studios. No, I'm just kidding. He works yeah. hard. Yeah, well, he's doing. He's number one, Oklahoma softball. You know, they're number one in the country. He he deserves a little respect. You know that, don't you? So, oh, I I respect Chris Plank a ton. Wish I could say that about everybody <laughs> at Fox Sports Radio. I mean, I res- well, I knew that was coming. Well, I knew let's that start was talking coming. about the people that I respect in this building. Well, there's Chris Perfett. I like him. Bo yeah. Bo Bo yeah, Benson. Just say everybody producer. but me. Yeah, Steve DeSager, Chris yeah. Plank. Uh, Cavino and Rich, yeah, everybody the odd couple, there you go, yeah. Jason and Mike. Don't forget the guy that parks the car. J- Jason Martin, yeah, yeah the, the security <laughs> guy. I don't know his name, but he seems very nice. Yes, I, I think I got guy. just about everybody. Yeah. Colin Cowherd, Doug Gottlieb, Jason yeah, Stewart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Did I say Bo yeah. Benson? He's a great guy. Yeah, I mentioned that. Uh, by the way, Damian Lillard had, what, 71 today. Um, unbelievable. By the way, somebody put out a tweet. Our producer put this out to us. Um, somebody going to get 100 points anytime soon in the NBA? If somebody's going to get 100 points in the NBA, I think it's got to be somebody who obviously could shoot the three. Yeah. Somebody who gets obviously a lot of shots, high scoring team. I would probably say somebody like Steph Curry when he's on fire, you know? So I had I, I've had this thought, and, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm not smart enough to know, but. Like I don't think it's out of the question with the way that the rules are. Um, you know, we can we can argue, and NBA fans would say otherwise. But nobody really plays defense in the regular season. I mean, how many did the the, the Kings score the other night? Like one seventy six. Yeah, yeah. Like and like you said, and listen, we can criticize the defense, but let's also acknowledge that the players now are more skilled than they ever have been. And so I don't know if it's a Luca, I don't know if it's a Trey Young, I don't know if it's a Damian Lillard, a Steph Curry. No, I can see Luca doing it. I see that. I was gonna say it's got to be somebody yeah. that can hit threes, but I'm with you. It's got to be somebody that can hit threes, can score in volume, all of that. But yeah, I, I think it's it's not out. Not only do I not think it's out of the realm of possibility, I would venture to guess. I bet we get some. I, I bet we get somebody else that hits eighty at some point, at minimum, in the next couple of years, if not a hundred. You know, some records are uh, stood the test of time. Some records are not made to be broken. Um, a few to come to like Johnny Vandermeer, back to back no hitters. That means you need what back to back to back no hitters. Sure. Um, Hack Wilson, I think he had like a hundred and. 86 RBIs or something like that. Well, maybe somebody beats that, but 
Um, we have to lot. assume all those pitching records, like most complete games, most innings pitched, like those are never going to be topped at this point, right? Like what is it, 31 regular season wins, something like that? I, and most pitchers don't even pitch to the fifth inning to earn right, the win anymore, right, Arnie. Right. Well, what about the hitting streak? What about that? Yeah, the Maggio. I mean, that's the one that's withstood the test of time. Because uh, now you have specialized pitchers that if you don't get a hit off the first uh, guy who goes four innings, then you got another guy throwing 100 miles an hour coming in and inning five or six, and another guy, the setup guy in inning eight, and the, the closer in inning nine. You're phasing all-stars every time you get up there, you know? Cy Young uh, finished with, how about this, 511 career wins. How about this, Arnie? 749 complete games in his career. I don't listen, I'm not Mr. That's Baseball. A, that's not breaking that, yeah. Maybe this new pitch clock is gonna change everything. <laughs> I do not think the record of 749 complete games pitched uh is going to is going to uh is going to be broken anytime soon. Yeah, but that's mostly baseball though. I think basketball, you can see a lot of the records, I guess, um falling by the wayside. And I guess Wilts one hundred is probably the next one to go, you know what I mean? That that'd probably be the next one. And now with the NFL going to seventeen games, yeah. and eventually eighteen games, we'll break every NFL record offensively. You know? Yeah, I I, I think mostly the baseball ones. Like th- there are some that felt, and I'm sure the the Kareem scoring record basically felt unattainable. And I'll say this, like you know, listen, I I've been critical of LeBron plenty, but I mean, when you think about how long LeBron LeBron literally had a triple double I believe in his second career NBA game Mm. and basically played what now 21 years 20 years without any real major injuries like I I know we said no one was ever going to break Wilt's uh uh, Kareem's career scoring record but LeBron I mean how many good years does I I think LeBron still got what two and a half three good years left where I mean he's I mean he He's still going to be competing at a really high level, so that's one that as as he continues to to push past. I just don't know if guys play enough. I don't know if they can stay healthy enough. I I know it just got broken, so it's hard to say it'll never get broken. But that feels like one that could. I'll give you one that will never ever be broken, ever. Ooh, what's that? Ever, ever, ever. Especially in the in the athletes, the time in uh, a year that we uh, deal with athletes now. That's two thousand six hundred and thirty two. Which is the number of consecutive games that uh, Cal Ripken played um, uh, consecutively? That that's never right. That's never going to be broken. We, we give everybody gets time off now. Load management in all sports. That's never going to be broken, Torres. Ever. Never no. going to be broken. How about this? Do you remember the the stat that Wilt Chamberlain averaged more than forty eight minutes game per game, forty eight minutes played per game one season. In other words, he played every minute of every game, including overtime. He averaged more than 48 <laughs> minutes per game in one season. I'm trying to look it up here as we talk. That, that's that's going to be impossible, right? You never. Every, there's you nobody go. that plays every minute of every game. The 19, how about this for this? 1961-62 season, he averaged 50.4 points per game, 25.7 rebounds, shot a brisk 50.6% from the field, all while playing 48 and a half minutes per game over 80 games that season. Ooh, hmm. ooh. And somebody, uh, Jason, sent this in. Two grand slams in an inning off the yep. same pitcher will never, ever be matched. So you, I don't see three grand slams in an inning, right? Off the that, same pitcher, yeah. 
That yeah. pitcher's got to have the longest leash ever. I mean, <laughs> you know, most pitchers, like I said, they, they, they're they not pitching more than two and a half innings as the starter, and now we have the closer that's actually the starter. Yeah, I think that's a good one from Jason. I don't think that's getting broken anytime. Um, you know, you were talking about LeBron. I want to get to the Lakers a little bit. They were down by 27. Teams that are down by 27 are 0 and 136 or 138. I'm not sure exact number um, of coming back and winning the game. That was until today when the Lakers came back and went. This is something they needed. They needed this game in the worst way. I think they're going to go on a little bit of a run, and um, who knows how far they could climb up, but at least they'll they'll be in the playoff series or the playoff uh, matchups um, at worst, the playing games, but they could be up a little bit higher than that if they make a little bit of a run here, you know? The West is wide open, and again, I know I've been critical of LeBron plenty, but listen, he's a, he's a great talent. And I will say, listen, we, we can argue about how this roster, the, the the previous roster came together with Russell Westbrook. How much did LeBron have in getting Russell Westbrook here? But this roster is much better suited to the skill set of LeBron James. I mean, obviously, again, we talked about it earlier, but Rui Hachimura, kind of that scoring wing that they needed. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt, great defensive player, kind of broke up the, the final play of the game there today. Um, and Malik Beasley, uh, 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 D'Angelo Russell, you just go on and on down the list. Listen, I, Rob Rob Link. I live here in LA, Arnie. I don't know if if uh, he's gotten as much pub nationally, but he has taken so much heat uh, over the years, and probably most of it justifiable. But I thought he did a really good job at the trade deadline to get a nice roster around uh, around LeBron James. Did you see the uh, the highlight or whatever when LeBron got hurt, and then he turned to one of his teammates and said, "I heard a pop." You told me about it. I did not see it live or Well, first, I, I thought he was talking about his knee. Yeah. Because it wasn't like he was holding his ankle at the time. When he said that, he was clutching his leg, so I wasn't really sure. When you say you hear a pop, the first yeah. thing that comes is, is the knee. You don't think about an ankle or anything like that. When, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, no, he's done. He's at least done for today's game, and who knows if he's not done for the rest of the year when you when you hear something like that. He was right back out there, had a great game, and and carried him on the victory. That that would have just I mean, could you imagine if something would have happened to LeBron? Um, that's the last we would have heard about how bad load management was or anything like that. That uh, by the way, are they getting hurt more because they don't play more, or is that ridiculous to even say something like that? I don't know. They're certainly getting hurt more, it feels like, and, and I don't have the 100% data to back it up. It, it feels like guys are getting hurt more. I've heard the, the, the story that because they play so many games kind of at the AAU level at a, at a young age, they're playing you know 150 games over the course of a season. Maybe that's why by the time they get older, they have much more wear and tear on their body. It feels like it, Arnie. Uh, it feels like it. I don't have a good answer as to why the injuries seem to be more recurring, but I, I do think there's something to the start-stop kind of uh, you know theory behind that. I, I think there might be something to that. And, you know, again, a lot of people got hurt back in the day also. It just didn't seem like it made them miss games like they're missing now. And and you see the Anthony Davises of the world with, uh, what, 36, 38 games and stuff like that. The load management's what's killing this sport is, is the problem here. I agree. You saw the numbers on the All-Star game, did you not, Aaron? And oh, yeah. Me and that was in, talked about it last night. Embarrassing. What's going to happen to the NBA if this continues? Is it going to get worse? I mean, is it going to continue to decline like this? What's going to happen to TV money if this continues, you know? Do you see? I think it's 100% on it. Not 100%. The disproportional amount is on Adam Silver. Everything this guy has touched since he got to the league has gone the wrong direction. 
And so I don't know if it's going to take new ownership. The one thing I'll say, and Charles Barkley said this a few weeks ago, the next time we have a collective bargaining agreement, which is probably going to be this summer, I believe, they got to get some of this worked out. You can't have superstars. And listen, nothing I, you could do, Aaron. There's zero you could do. And tell that to a billionaire owner that's that's <laughs> about to lose money because they're well, star not players losing any play. money. No, he's not going to lose any money because it really it's not about what the number of people that come to the game. It's all about the TV revenue and the TV ratings are going down. You heard yeah. Turner, who has broadcast the NBA for what forty years, say, "Yeah, we want to keep the NBA, but it isn't essential." Basically, I don't I don't have the exact quote in front of me, right, but right. they basically said we're not going to overbid for the NBA, right? Um, and so. I, I think it's – I don't know if, you know, it's because I'm not the – listen, I, I love hoops, so I like people think I'm anti-NBA, but I, I the, the trends you cannot deny, Arnie. You said it earlier. It's the NBA 1, college football 2, and then a massive gap for everything else. And that gap didn't used to be there. That gap did not used to be there, and I don't know what the answer is, but, but – TV regular season ratings are going down. Playoff ratings are going down. Well, it didn't help that the NFL down. was playing on what Christmas, which is usually what oh. reserved for the time for the NBA. Th- those days are over. Also, where I'll, we say the NBA starts after Christmas. I'll right? tell you this: this yeah. is one. You know, we we in this business have to give out opinions, and some you get right, and some you get wrong. I remember Jason Martin and I were on two Christmases ago, normal Saturday shift, and the Packers were playing the Browns, and it was a Baker Mayfield meltdown game. Whatever. And it felt like everybody was watching it. And I said to Jason right then and there, I said, the NFL got a taste of this Christmas. Uh, oh, they and, it, and I yeah. was like, they ain't giving it back. It actually had started the year before. I remember you and I worked. It was a Saints-Vikings game. And Alvin Kamara had like nine touchdowns or something like that. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it yeah. was during that weird COVID year where the NBA had played the bubble and they weren't sure if they were going to be back by Christmas Day. And the NFL basically said, well, we'll just throw a game on just, just in case the, you know, the NBA doesn't play. And like I said, I think they got a taste of it. It was heightened two years ago with the Packers-Browns game. And then this year they had a three-game slate. And I think outside of maybe when Christmas falls on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, I don't think they're slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, but that's going to lead to load management in the NFL, especially when you have the Thursday game. And a lot of players complain about that when you have to play on a Thursday right after a Sunday. Um, it just doesn't give them enough time. You know what I mean? It just doesn't give them enough time for their body to heal. And But they voted for it because they wanted the extra $100,000 or whatever it was, Aaron. Really nobody to blame but themselves. What are you going to do with that? You know, I mean, you and wait till they go to 18 games. They're going to have to keep the Thursday game around, you know? I don't I you think there's going to be load management in the NFL? I oh, I definitely think so, especially when it comes to the quarterbacks. When there's 18 games, you're going to need a quarterback to start maybe two to three games the Thursday after the Sunday game. Uh maybe your quarterback gets hurt for one or two games. You, you how many quarterbacks started this year, Aaron? How many quarterbacks how many Aaron? different quarterbacks started this year in the NFL? You you needed number 2 big time more than ever now. Well, and I was going to say they add an 18th game. You know what that probably means? They're probably going to add a second bye week. And now we got the NFL going into March, right into March Madness. That is that that would be a worst case scenario for the NBA. If if you go to 18 games, you add a second bye week, and now all of a sudden we're talking about right around March 1st that the Super Bowl is going on. Oh, that's going to crush college basketball. Will too. Again, we don't we don't care about college basketball until March Madness, though. Everybody says until we have those brackets out, those damn brackets. Let me ask you a real quick question. I know we got to get to Todd Furman. Yeah. Did do you feel like the NBA like 15 20 years ago was bigger 
earlier in the year. Like, I remember when I was a kid in the 90s, and it was a million years ago, like watching Sunday NBA games on NBC with Jordan and Ewing and all that. Like, I don't even think they try to broadcast games nationally on on the weekend anymore uh, during football season. Am I crazy? It it feels like the NBA felt big even before Christmas. Christmas was kind of the day where it was definitely big. And even in January before the Super Bowl, it felt like like there was more buzz than there there has it, been in recent years. It only years. felt big, and I talked about this. It only felt big because we didn't have access to the the number of games like we do right sure. now. I, we, I somebody brought up the TV guide. I re put I put it on Twitter, and people were like, oh, I remember the TV guide. When I was young, I used to have to open up the TV guide to the sports section in the beginning, and they would list all the games that were on TV, and I I would see, wow, we got two NBA games this yeah. week. That's a, that's incredible. I get to see the Lakers twice. I was living in LA. I'm like, wow, I get to see two and be on the local Channel 9, KCAL Channel 9. Um, So that was a big deal. I just even watched two games. Now there's a game every night. There's a bunch of games every night, partial games, full games. That's why it doesn't seem special anymore like it did back when you were younger, you know? Last thought, you mentioned TV Guide. So my wife and I are watching a TV show uh, on one of the apps and they only put out one episode at a time. They announced the whole season and then they put out one episode at a time. It is freaking killing me. I'm like, how did we used to just watch one episode and then sit around and wait <laughs> for a week, week. <laughs> to wait for the next episode? And then we had to wait. I, I was like, how, like right now I'm losing my mind. I was like, how does anybody, how did anybody do this? And so it's crazy how things used to be. So Coming next week. Fonzie jumps the shark. I mean, just, I agree with you. Yeah, now. you'd have this this cliffhanger, and you'd have to wait a week to see the answer. I don't just get to watch the next episode uh, now. I love it. By the way, this segment brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes uh, bundling easier and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, your RV, your boat, your ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Rule changes in the NFL. And there's some interesting ones being thought about. Uh, that's coming up next, right? here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, good evening, everybody. Of course, Aaron Torres in for Chris Plank. I'm Arnie Spanier. We're live at the Tyrac.com studios. By the way, uh, Torres, now that we know that Russell Wilson has a body like a sack of potatoes, is this? are we going to start calling him Spuds? Russell Spuds Wilson now? Is that, that going to be his nickname or what? Why do you say that? I mean, it's, because his body, because his, his ex teammate says he has a body like a, a sack of potatoes. So I thought we'd be calling him Spuds now. No? I didn't see this quote. When did this come out? You, yes, you did. Stop it. You didn't see that one. I saw where Russell Wilson uh, tried to get Pete Carroll fired. I saw that one. No, his uh, one of his ex teammates um, said he has well, a body of like a sack of potatoes. Let me ask you. I feel like. Russell Russell Wilson either is the worst human being ever, or he takes more crap than anyone. I, I was telling this to Jay Smart last night. Is like everything he does. Like the internet has just decided that certain people they love and certain people they hate. And so I use the example: if Joe Burrow was doing high knees on a plane on the way to London, <laughs> people would be like, oh my God, Joe, cool. Everybody should be, he is the coolest guy ever. He has so much swag. He's so awesome. But because someone along the way decided they don't like Russell Wilson, I just feel like no matter what he does, he gets heat for everything. Like, oh, he has a he has an office in, in the facility. He's not a good teammate. It's like, 
Don't we want our quarterbacks to be at the facility you, all day? We, it is amazing that office is such a big deal. You know what I mean? We talk, we talk about it like, I don't like he has a private jet or something like that. Well, it's like if we're going to criticize Kyler Murray because all he wants to do is play Call of Duty and never be in the facility, <laughs> we can't then criticize Russell Wilson because he wants to be in the facility all day and night. By the way, it was a Seahawks rookie, Tariq Woolen, who said Russ is built like a sack of potatoes. So... Um, <laughs> I just thought we'd be calling him Spuds from now on or something like that. I I don't know. If he has a body like a sack of potatoes, what does that mean for the rest of us, for crying out loud, you know? Yeah. He's also got one of the most beautiful wives in the world and $200 million in the bank. So uh, in, in terms of— Yeah, but uh, maybe he is losing it a little bit. I mean, he obviously did not have a good year last year. Um, I could think of a, probably about 20 quarterbacks I would rather have over him. He's going to get Sean Payton in, so I'm curious to see how that's going to work, but I still don't have um, high hopes. Confidence level not high uh, for the Denver Broncos, no, no doubt. So I was going to ask you, so, so let me actually ask you a second question first, because if you don't have confidence in Russell Wilson, let me ask you, do you think Sean Payton made a mistake taking this job? And let me, let me, let me just lay it out really quick. At some point, we all, we all know Brandon Staley's not the guy. It's not going to happen. I don't buy it. I know Kellen Moore's in whatever. That job is probably going to open. That job being the Chargers. It sounds crazy, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that if the Buffalo Bills disappoint again next year, losing the divisional round, that Sean McDermott's out. And then, oh, by the way, you have supposedly two franchise quarterbacks coming in next year in Caleb Williams and Drake May. I guess my question is, I understand Sean Payton's a football coach. He wants to coach football. But if he waited one more year, it feels like there had to have been a better situation than Denver, no? I don't think he wanted to wait to one more yeah. year. You're right about that, too. You mentioned Buffalo. Um, and you nothing don't buy that? Buffalo. I lived in Buffalo. Your wife's from Buffalo. Yes, but do you want to move to Buffalo when you, Fair. like you said, you could live in Los Angeles. Um, you can go to Denver. Uh, who knows? Uh, I mean, again, uh, there was Arizona, but maybe that's just too messed up for him. Um, I, I think he wanted the job, but there were some roadblocks there. I mean, Denver was not a good team, and he's having an aging quarterback who's not getting it done. Maybe you're right. Maybe this wasn't the best place for him, but I don't think he wanted to wait another year. I think he wanted to get right back in the thing, you yeah. know? And that's the thing, right? I remember having the conversation about Jim Harbaugh, like why would he take the Denver job or why would he take this job? And it's like, well, if he just wants to be in the NFL more than he wants to be in college, then he's going to take whatever job. Now, we'll see if that happens next year, if he's going to stay at Michigan forever, whatever. But it's kind of the same with Sean Payton. Like if he just wanted to get back, then this probably was the best job available. I just do wonder, you know, I mean, uh, listen, I don't think his legacy is going to be like tarnished or anything, but 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 if if the goal is to win another Super Bowl uh, and and really etch yourself as, you know, I don't know how many guys have won a Super Bowl in more than one spot, but it can't be very many, if any at all. Um, you know, I, I just feel like if he had waited one more year, there were probably better options. Well, he could have waited the one more year, and you know what job he really probably could have gotten, which he was hoping he was going to get this year, but it uh, didn't open. That's the Dallas Cowboys, right? So you never know. If you have one bad year with the Cowboys, you are gone. Isn't that uh, they didn't I think have it's a bad the exact year. opposite. You could have eight bad years and you're still there. I mean, Jerry's got no, no, but, but Jerry, man, but Jerry, you know, obviously him and uh, Jerry and Sean have a, a very close relationship. Sure. Um, you know, he's always been rumored for that job. I don't know. You would think that he would have waited one more year. Maybe that job would have been available for them. You know. I think it's fair. Um, I just, I remember, you know, you and I filled in in so many random spots, but I remember filling in. Do you remember that week after the season when it was clear that Jason Garrett had to be fired? Yes. And there, like, we did shows for like four straight days where it was like, 
Is today the day they're going to fire him? No. They're having a meeting with Jason Garrett. Then they're having the second meeting with Jason Garrett. Then they're figuring out if he can be in some role that's not the head coach. It's like, Jerry, just rip off the Band-Aid. He's clearly not the guy. So I think Jerry's gotten soft in his old age. I also I also think he kind of likes having a puppet as a head coach. I, I, I the, the personalities... Uh, I don't think would mix. I don't think Sean Payton's going to put up with any nonsense from Jerry, from Russell Wilson, from whoever. So I don't know if that one would work. But to your point, I do think if you can get that job in a year, it's probably a better situation than the Broncos job that he just Unless took. maybe he doesn't think he could win with Dak. I mean, I guess if you think you could win with Russell Wilson, then you could think you could probably win with, with Dak Prescott. No, I, I, mean, I would think so. Oh, well, a lot of Cowboy fans don't think so. I promise you that. Well, I don't think you can fans. win. I don't think you can win with Dak. But if you're talking yourself into Russell Wilson, I think you probably would talk yeah. yourself into Dak too. Yeah, I would agree with that. Plus, you look at that division, though. How long are the Eagles? The Eagles are probably going to have a run at that division for a while. Um, being up there, we'll see if Washington turns it around with all their different moves now, and Bien- be interesting yeah. how Eric Bieniemy is going to do over there. You know. I think it's one of the most interesting things that's happened in the NFL in a long time, the Bieniemy move, um, because I, I just give him credit, man. Like. He bet on himself. It would have been easy for that guy to just sit there and say, uh, you know, stay in KC with Patrick Mahomes, hope Andy Reid retires, complain that he doesn't get a job. I give him so much credit for betting on himself with Washington. All right, I want to get to those rule changes uh, possibly in the NFL. We'll get to that next. Uh, he's Aaron Torres in for Chris Plank. I'm Arnie Spanier. Let's check in with the Sager, see what's trending right now, what's going on out there at the Sager. We will talk about Damian Lillard's 71-point night wow. in the Portland victory over Houston. But you guys were talking, you know, keep in mind, to break Wilt's record, he would have needed another 30 points. I mean, you that don't get crazy. that in a that quarter. Is. You could have played five quarters this hot and not gotten 100 <laughs> points. But to have, you know, you were talking about unbreakable records. like Yeah. Career records, I think, are a separate discussion, but to be so hot on one night or one incredible season, I thought your baseball suggestions for unbreakable records were good. I'll add one. Barry Bonds in one season was intentionally walked 120 times. That's wow. insane. Now, somebody could maybe, you know, maybe like a Otani or something, but that is nah. crazy. That I, is I looked nuts. it up. Aaron Judge last year set the home run record for the American League, right? He was walked 111 times total. Ooh. And how many was Barry Bonds? 120 intentional. Wow. Bonds 232 walks in under 150 games in 2004. Jeez. And Bonds was walked with the bases loaded, too. Yes, absolutely. Yes. That's how stunning it got. Intentionally. Intentionally. Yeah, so he may have done something and then had his 73 homer season when magically he'd never had 50 in a season. And then the three years after that, I mean, they just didn't allow him to get to even four or 500 at bats because they wow. walked him so much. That's a- crazy. As far as football, there is a record that's still on the books since 1952. <laughs> For a defensive back who intercepted 14 passes in one season as a rookie, Dick Knight Train Lane, there hasn't been more than 11 in the last 40 years. Now that's crazy with all the passing that goes on, but then again, quarterbacks are more proficient. They don't throw the ball downfield very much like they did back in the day. Yeah, they they would risk it far more in the Bradshaw era, for example. Absolutely, which is why you can't compare... Uh, career stats here and then but I looked it up last year six interceptions led the league the NFL record is 14 picks in a season well and then we had Damian Lillard tonight the win over Houston was by a final score of 131-114 Lillard with 71 points he had 41 in the first half Donovan Mitchell, in his 71-point game last month, had 42 in the second half. 
But Lillard, just in the first half from three-point range, was eight of 11 That's from crazy. long distance. So here in this three-point era of the league, the only other guy that had had a 40-point half with eight made threes was Kobe Bryant 20 years ago. So he gets wow. 71 in 39 minutes on the court tonight and sends Houston to a ninth straight loss. So in the month of February, one game to go for him, Damian Lillard averaging 40 points a game this month, and he's shooting 50-40-90. 50% from the floor, over 40% from three-point range, and way over 90% on free throws. In fact, he hasn't had a single game this month where he's missed more than one free throw. He's had a 15 for 16 from the line, a 16 for 16. Tonight he was 14 of 14 on free throws. And it's yet they're not going to make the playoffs, DeSager. Yeah, that's right. So when they're you're not going to make the playoffs. When you start talking about the most valuable player discussion, well, what's your opinion of value? Can he be the oh, MVP of, the, uh, of a team? I don't know. Has there ever been an MVP of a team uh, from a team worse than that? Well, in the NBA? Uh, oh, NBA. Because I remember Andre Dawson when the Cubs were always bad wound up a National League MVP. And, of course, the Cubs weren't sniffing the playoffs year after year after year then. But Portland isn't even in the top ten at this point. They no, do have horrible, a, yeah. They do have a chance for a play-in now with this expanded, you know, you could literally finish under 500 and 10th place in your conference and make the playoffs the way things go. So don't count out Portland just yet, especially if he have has these types of games, which is not, I mean, I don't mean 71, but – the type of scoring he's had right before the All-Star break. Back-to-back nights, he scored 40 and then 39. He had one week a month ago where he scored 42 and 42 and 40. He had last month a 60-point game and a 50-point game and then 71. All of this, these are all just within a span of two months. Wow. And here we have, what, a month and a half left in the season. Milwaukee won its 14th straight game. Lakers with a big comeback win. UCLA and College Hoops won to clinch the Pac-12 title. Padres agreed to a new 11-year contract with Manny Machado. And Kyle Busch won the NASCAR race in Southern California. He's won at least one Cup Series race in a record 19 straight years now. Chase Elliott started 31st and finished second. This was the last day at Fontana before they reconfigure the track there from a two-mile layout to a half-mile track, and uh, after the rains yesterday, Xfinity race was tonight on FS2, a win for John Hunter Nemechek. Back to you. All right, thanks a lot to Sega Aaron Torres, of course, in for Chris Plank. I'm Arnie Spanier, live at the Tyrac.com studios. The NFL, going to talk about this on Monday, one of the teams proposed that they could look at roughing the passer again on replay. I think you got to do that. There's so many times I'm like, oh, you can't call that. You can't protect them that much. It seems like they make a mistake on roughing the passer a lot more than any other call that's made out there. I could understand most of the pass interference, the holding, uh, you know, the offside, stuff like that. But I get so aggravated sometimes on the, um, you know, protecting the quarterback this much. I Look, I, I know we don't want to keep stopping the game for everything, Aaron. I know you, oh, we got to stop it for this and replay for that. But I think that's something we got to look at because that's a game changer, you know? Real quick, Chris, you have something to add? Yeah, so I think I saw a, a tweet earlier, actually, this about the committee that was going to discuss this. They said out of 80 roughing the passer calls, only three were wrongly called this year. Really? Just three out of three, the 80? Three out of 80. I think that was from Judy Batista. I'll try to get the actual tweet. Especially uh, when it's open to interpretation. How well, that's the problem. It's subjective. That? Yeah. It's, it's subjective, and it's not actually like wrong half the time. We just get upset that it's called in the right place, and I think... 
opening it review for review is just it's going to chunk up the game and just a lot of it's going to come back as like call stands like it's not going to overturn anything and it's just going to I, I I personally hate this idea terrible idea um what bothers you more is like when you get the hand to the helmet air in or is it the helmet to the helmet um because sometimes a lot of times the the guy with the ball lowers his head down and that's what causes helmet to helmet out there um and well, by the way the the fact that you can't hit the quarterback low if he's standing in the pocket like that and you know you, you may be on the ground and they'll call a penalty on that also we do we do so much to protect the, the quarterback right now so i i agree with you that i have no problem with them replaying it because they replay everything else and and my whole thing with replay i've said it for years I don't know if you can make everything up for review, but if we're going to have replay, get it right. Like, that's my whole thing is that right, right, right. It, there's still moments in time, Arnie, where either something isn't reviewable that is obviously wrong. And unfortunately, there's a lot of times, you know, and maybe it's because I watch so much college hoops and there's a million replays and all that. You go to the, the, the monitor and you still get stuff wrong. So. I actually have no problem with it um, because, listen, I mean, you know, you would remember because you host every Sunday, but whatever game it was with Tampa Bay, you know, Tom Brady gets thrown down. It's called roughing the passer. They rally to win. It's like I think it should be like anything else. We, we do enough to protect the quarterbacks if it's it's probably the right thing to allow the benefit of the doubt. Uh, for the defender, and then, oh, by the way, it's still a reviewable play from the perspective that the the coach has to throw the challenge flag for it to happen. So it's not like we're going to be stopping the game 20 times to see if it happens, but I have no fundamental issue with this at all, Arnie. You, you know, we talk about let's look at a replay. Is this a reviewable play? We have the defensive receiver. Let's protect the quarterback. Now we have the pitch clock in Major League Baseball. Um, so many changes out there. Is sports broken? Is that what's going on here? Is that, is, is that why we're fixing all the sports out there that sports is broken and we need to have more offense in them or what? I think tech, well, with the replays, I think technology has made it so good where fans. That's going to give more runs. That's going to, I think, it resulted more runs. What's that? Uh, the pitch clock. I am so interested in the pitch clock. I know this is kind of random, but it's going to get in pitchers' heads. Like, think about, remember Rick and Keel? Like, yes. when he just couldn't throw strikes? Now imagine a pitcher just having a clock in his face, like I gotta, you know, I gotta get this, uh, I gotta get this pitch off. Like, I think it's gonna have wild side effects that we haven't. Like, it fundamentally changes how we play the game. Most rules don't. The pitch clock does, and I, I don't think we need it. But I might be in the minority. Most people seem to want it, so I'm not gonna argue with everybody on it. But I, I can see the scenario where it impacts wins and losses, like it did yesterday in the in the spring training game. And I think there's going to be pitchers that really struggle with it uh, because it's it's going to be a mental thing. You're the point. reason why we have the pitch count. Your generation can't sit through a baseball game. Speed it up. I can't take it. It's taking too long. I, you know, let's move. I got to get out of here. Put Your generation TikTok, made us do this. Just put it on TikTok, baby. No, I don't even have TikTok. <laughs> I don't even have TikTok. No, I'm I'm with you. I but 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 I still I don't know. I, I'll I'll be curious. I'm willing to give it a shot. I don't think that there's 24-year-olds that at the bar on an NFL Sunday that are all all of a sudden going to be saying in September, "Hey, uh, you know this, uh, you know uh, uh, Rogers versus whoever. This is good, 
But give me that Rockies game because that pitch clock has really gotten me fired up. Like, I just think people that watch regular season baseball are baseball fans. And then again, as I said earlier, when you go to the ballpark, I'm never in a rush to get out of there. I'm having a good time. And yeah. if I want to leave, I want to leave. So, All right. The Sager's coming up next. I'll tell you more about Damian Lillard's big night. That's coming up next right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, good evening, everybody. We are live at the Tyrac.com studios. Aaron Torres in for Chris Plank. I'm Artie Spanier. Let's check in with the Sager to see what we missed. And the Sager, somebody tweeted in another unbreakable record. Fernando wins the Cy Young and Rookie of the Year. Was that the same year? No. Yeah, 81. Didn't Hideo Nomo do that too? Or am I crazy? I don't know if that's no. unbreakable. How do you break that? <laughs> well, yeah. you, you, you can't He's, win it's it never going to be repeated. Yeah, yeah it's, exactly. never, it's never going to be. I don't know. I don't think that's so. Well, that is hard, but not. I mean, if you so. won Rookie of the Year twice, that would be a record that we've never <laughs> seen before. <laughs> uh, got some new NIL eligibility or something. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, before we get to, we've got a good treat when we talk hoops here in this segment. But uh, the Clippers, remember, late Friday they played that double overtime classic against Sacramento, lost one seventy six one seventy five. Clippers have just started overtime at Denver, tied at one twenty. So a long weekend for them. Jeez. We talked about the game at Portland tonight. Damian Lillard with 71 points in the win against Houston. Final score was 131 to 114. I found the story of what I referenced earlier as far as the radio broadcast that was found about 40 years ago of the fourth quarter of Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game. Remember, it was his Philadelphia Warriors against the New York Knicks, but the game was not played in Philly or New York. It was in Hershey, Pennsylvania that night. A college student at the time had recorded the 3 a.m. rebroadcast of the fourth (laughs) quarter, so it exists. Apparently, the original game tape, WCAU, had been recorded over, which was kind of a common practice in radio and TV in the old days. I've heard that one of Jerry West's NBA All-Star games, the first half exists, or one half exists and the other half does not because it was recorded over. How funny. Anyway, here, believe it or not, Wilt... The scratchy 1962 radio broadcast when he's sitting on 98 points. stopped the game for about 10 minutes as people ran onto the court in the little place and then they did conclude the final minute of the game Wilt Chamberlain finished with not only 100 points but 25 rebounds in the game what? And- see you're not going to believe me but after that game I had a show and I said he'll never do it again I promise you <laughs> I actually believe you would have you would have absolutely uh, he was a notoriously bad free throw shooter but yes, on that one night he was 28 of 32. If he was the regular Wilt, no. nowhere close to 100 Now, wait points. a minute now. Wasn't he a great free throw shooter before they changed the rules where he could like jump from the foul line and lay it in? Isn't he that used, the way he used to do it, right? He used to back up from the foul line as well, not even toe the line. But you know, for the career, he was like fifty percent. Yeah, so. but, but that was uh, they changed the rules because he was. No, but this game was yeah. early in his yeah. career. Oh, okay, okay. This okay. was nineteen sixty-two. Uh, so it was the Philadelphia Warriors uh, before they ever came west. But Al Adels was a teammate for him for the yeah. Warriors in that Al game, Adels. and he wound up being the coach of the Warriors' Golden first State. title yeah. team with Rick Barry in nineteen seventy-five. Well, we do have baseball's World Cup. You could say the World Baseball Classic on Fox next month. 
Well, there is a basketball World Cup at the end of the summer. It's going to be hosted by Japan, Philippines, and Indonesia, and this was a big weekend for qualifying for that tournament. The U.S. not using NBA players to qualify, beat Uruguay a couple of days ago, so it clinched a spot. The guy who's going to be top pick in the draft from France, Victor Wembenyama, has led France into a spot. Montenegro four years ago was the smallest country to qualify. Now they've qualified again. The uh, country of Georgia has punched its World Cup of basketball We should just put ticket. Barkley on the team for the hell of it. We just need Barkley, <laughs> yes, you know? against them. <laughs> Cape Verde Islands Ooh. off of Africa has become wow. the smallest nation to qualify for a basketball World Cup. Iran got the last ticket from the Asian qualifiers. Again, this tournament is taking place for a couple weeks starting in late August. And this is a big tournament, not only in and of itself, but it acts as a qualifier for Olympic basketball in France in 2024 the two best teams from our region the americas of how they do in this tournament get automatic tickets to the olympics couple year the next year the two best from europe in this tournament get tickets the best from asia goes the best from africa and so this is not only the world cup it's also a qualifier for olympics why when does this all get started when is april uh, august 27th no 25th august 25th world cup of basketball starts Wow, wow. Good for good nice job to Sager. I like that. Yeah, I like that little recording of Wilta scoring a hundred. Yeah. And Argentina's that. out, by the way. Argentina got upset by Dominican wow. Republic. Wow. What, what happened in No more Ginobili. They were so yeah. good for so long. <laughs> All right. Two hours are in the books. The power hours coming up next. We'll go through some of those NFL rumors and my Pac twelve, what's gonna happen here on Fox Sports Radio. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, 
features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Ah, good evening, everybody. It is the Power Hour. The show tour is in for Plank. I'm Arnie Spaniards. We're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. By the way, um, I'm kind of bummed I didn't see the fight, but... Jake Paul lost today. I was was still hoping that this guy would continue to win before he'd get his head knocked off. But he lost a split decision today. Did you watch Loser. that? Did you care about that? You don't care? Didn't, didn't I mean, really... I'm, I like Jake Paul. Uh, I did not watch it. I actually was hoping. I remember, the, again, uh, another. I remember you and I were filling in. I swear. We filled in for literally for every sporting yes. event. Yes. Uh, I, I might have been on the call with you the night Wilt scored 100, too. So <laughs> I, uh, we were on air the night of the Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather fight. And so I just assumed this was a nighttime fight and we would be talking about it like we, you know, we would find a stream and kind of <laughs> both watch it together. Right. So I kind of came up for air middle of the day today and it was. Was done. I'm a Jake Paul guy. I'm rooting for Jake Paul. Yeah, but he, I mean, I, yeah. I, he didn't win. I know that, but I was rooting for him. It uh, the pay per view is not as brisk as it used to be. You know what I mean? It, it's not selling as much as it used to be, uh, and making all that money for him. You know, I did not know he was fighting until like probably two days ago. So. <laughs> probably not the greatest sign. And he's fighting a real the, fighter too. Are there well, a lot of people that follow him? A lot of people getting into that or what? Well, so here's my question: Do you think the fact that, and I know in boxing circles, Tommy Fury's a big name, and he's you know the you know related to Tyson Fury and all that stuff, but do you think the fact that that he wasn't Jake Paul fighting uh, Nate Robinson or another former prominent athlete. Do you think that hurt the hype for this fight? Yes, I do. I, th- I think it, you know when you have those type of things, people want to tune in, even if it's a uh, you know uh, like an accent. You want to see what it is. You still want to look. Um, I think you needed another big name out there. You know what I mean? I don't disagree. I mean, I like I said, I it's not like totally my cup of tea, but obviously if I was either at home on a Sunday night or if I was in studio with you and, you know, would have had to grab a stream, that's that's uh You know, I almost did that by the way, celebrity boxing. I'm not kidding around. Before it became in vogue. I'm I'm talking about many, many years ago. I mean, it must have been pretty far down celebrity, so Wow. Well it's so funny because Danny Bonaducci no, I'm serious. From the Partridge family, was doing a lot of this boxing stuff, and we did a simulcast together when he was on in Chicago and I was on in Phoenix, and he liked me. And I said, "Hey, Danny, I I would love to be that guy because he was looking for somebody to box." And he goes, "Hey, no offense, you're just not a big enough name." But he, but, <laughs> I told but you. He, but he picked Donny Osmond, though. You know, Donny Osmond. Isn't that who he boxed? Was it Donny Osmond or what? This is like a, a Mad Libs game from 1984. <laughs> is uh, 
Who else are we can can we get in here? Is uh, Robin Yount involved at all? <laughs> was George Brett? Was what are we what are we doing here? Uh, by the way, we got a couple of them. We were talking about uh, Damian Lillard seventy one, and if anybody would ever get a hundred points with Wilt, then we start talking about unbreakable records. Um, somebody sent in unbreakable Tony Dorsett ninety nine yard touchdown run in nineteen eighty two, and I think that was what Leonard Fournette had. That also he said, oh, yeah, nobody's going to break that. That see, but that's that's a numbers game. You, you know. That, that's what that is. That is and by said, definition and, unbreakable, yeah. And somebody said nobody will ever throw more than seven no-hitters. Yes. I, I, I think pitching is the one that right now we just have to acknowledge. I think all of those records, like there are certain things in sports we can like them, we cannot like them. They're not going back to the way they were. I love college basketball. We're not going back to a world where great players that can play in the NBA are staying three and four years of college basketball. It's just not happening. Now with the NIL, will some decent players stay a year later? Maybe. But it's the same with it's the same with with baseball. It's the same with with or it, it's the same with baseball from the perspective that we can wish that we had a, lived in a world where pitchers just took the ball every three days and you know pitch game one and game four and game seven in a World Series like that era is just over and I don't ever see it coming back on. Well, I th- I thought somebody would have broken the RBI record by Hack Wilson only because nowadays, like a, a judge will bat like first or second, sure. get five or six at bats in a game. Um, you know, people are getting walked all the time. Not that they're walking people to to pitch to him, but you would think that somebody would go ahead and you know break that sooner or later because of all the at bats you get and betting. You know, you don't have to wait till you're getting up at fourth or anything like that. You know. I, that one that one does surprise me a little bit, and I know we have more walks in the game today than ever before. Yeah, that's but, true. But that one does surprise me. You think about all the great players that have played the game since Hack Wilson, and what was it like eighteen ninety or something like that? Um, the idea that whoever um, you know, well, he Willie played Mays, the 1900s, but yeah. Willie Mays, uh, whatever, like uh, you know, Mickey Mantle had never has never um, you know never topped that record. That is kind of surprising to me. I mean, I think of all the great hitters we have right now, um, you know, that, that, that could be doing that. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see uh, how that plays out. By the way, um, I want to get to some NFL stuff, and I know we're still waiting to see where all the dominoes are going to fall. But I'm still thinking that Aaron Rodgers, obviously, is going to be the first one. For some reason, I see him in a Raider uniform. I think he'll be a good fit out there. Um, I'm not so sure he's going to bring him a Super Bowl or anything like that, but I think that's where he's going to end up now that he's emerged from his hotel of darkness or whatever the hell he was doing out there. Um, I think that's where he'll end up, but we'll have to wait and see on that. What do you think? I thought there was a report that the the Vegas Raiders were out on him. Was it? Was I didn't see that report. I believe late last week the, the report came out, so we can look this so up. So you think and, it's going to be the Jets then, or, or what's going to happen after that? Or is he going to end up back in Green Bay? Well, those are the two. Um, let's see here. Raiders, Raiders, Raiders. I don't know. Um, so let me ask you about let, – let's just let's just talk about this. Uh, you know, so do you think that like, – like, I get why the Packers are frustrated, right? And we saw that report that they're... I wouldn't want him back. I'm done with him. Really? If I'm the, if I'm the Packers, do, do I don't that? want him back. Well, because I, I think there's just too much animosity. Um, I think there's just so much between him and the organization. He's there because of the money. Uh, I think he's ready to move on also if he got the right situation. I think it's an amicable divorce and it's time for them to move on. But I'd be I'm fed up with his shenanigans. He doesn't really want to work with the young wide receivers 
like last year. He really is just really about himself right now and his vacations. I, I'm just done with this guy for the $55 million I'm paying him or whatever I'm paying him, you know? Real quick, Bo, you had something on the Raiders? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Raiders GM Dave Ziegler was on uh, the Bussin' with the Boys podcast, and this is what he said. He said, uh, we're in charge of filling the most important position on the team. There's some pressure that comes along with that. Uh, it doesn't mean that we're going to have an immediate answer this year. So I, I do think he kind of threw a little bit of dirt on the uh, idea of trading for Rodgers, but I don't think he killed it entirely. Interesting. Interesting. Thank you, Bo. Um, yeah, I don't think that means he's not interested in Aaron Rodgers or doesn't want to get Aaron Rodgers. I still think that probably first on his list. I'll say this. So back to the Packers thing. I get your point. I was thinking about this the other day, though, right? Like, So we all watched the Last Dance documentary. I assume right. you probably watched it, right? And, like, there's a lot of themes to take out of it. But I think one takeaway that we all had watching it was, like, the Bulls' ownership and front office had the greatest player to ever walk the face of the earth. Right. And just decided, you know what? We want to prove that we can do it without this guy. And I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback to ever walk the face of the earth. But the whole point of working your entire career to be a GM. I know the the Packers don't have an owner. To be a GM, to be a team president, is every guy in this league and woman in this league that works in a front office works their entire career to get a quarterback the caliber of Aaron Rodgers. Now I know he's took a step back and he's a little bit, you know, he's a little big bit older. Big time a step back, big time. I just think unless they're convinced that Jordan Love is that guy, I just look at somebody like the Colts. The Colts for 20 years could go to the stadium with the one exception of the year between when Peyton Manning got hurt and when they drafted Andrew Luck. And they knew they were good at quarterback and didn't have a care in the world. Arnie, how many good coaches and how many good GMs have been fired because they couldn't find an Aaron Rodgers caliber quarterback? I'll just say this really quick and I'll toss it back to you. Three, four years ago, Matt Rule was the hottest name in coaching circles. Everybody wanted him. He goes back to college. Everybody wants him. He never figured out the quarterback, and he got canned in Carolina in two and a half years. And so, listen, if the Packers want to move on, it's their prerogative. I just think it's so easy to get caught up in all of the off-the-field shenanigans. Ask the Colts what it's like. Ask the, the Packers Texas. moved on from a coach because they didn't win a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers brought him with that one Super Bowl, and that was it. You could say that he's underachieved a little bit. Um, people expected more than just one Super Bowl out of this guy. So uh, if there was an owner, maybe they would have fired the GM a long time ago. I I just think there's a lot of great coaches and great GMs that didn't look great. Look at Bill Belichick. What, was, what has he been without Tom Brady? And so... If you're sold, by the way, if you're sold, Jordan Love is the next dude. Like the Packers were sold 20 years ago, Aaron Rodgers is the next dude. Then make the move. I just think again, pick the organization, uh, the the Colts, the Jaguars pre Trevor Lawrence, the Jets, forever whiff after whiff after whiff after whiff to get the Commanders whiff after whiff to get a guy the caliber of Aaron Rodgers, and you have them, you have them under contract. I don't know. I, Where do you think he's going to end up then? Where do you you, you think he's going to end up back with Green Bay, or he's going to go somewhere else? I I I think I think he's going to end up back up with Green Bay. I will say this from a content perspective: I want him in New York, man. I I just think it'd be great. I think I think it might be fun, be like, fantastic. Yeah. I think he'd be re-energized. I really do. Um, obviously, the young offensive talent is through the roof there. 
Um, he wouldn't back down from the New York media. The New York media wouldn't back down from him. Every week they would be getting into it. Any chance he ends up in San Francisco or maybe Brady so, comes out of retirement for San Francisco since now we find out that Brock Purdy is going to be you know, on the shelf a little bit longer than we expect. He, who knows if the guy's even going to be able to play next year or, uh, through halfway of the season. So is it so, Trey Lance or bust, I guess? No so this Jimmy is what G. I've been saying since day yeah. one. Is everybody automatically linked Brady to San Francisco because he's from the Bay Area? Yes. And right, then he right. retires. And my question is exactly what you just asked. Why not Aaron Rodgers? And, and you know, I know he's from the Bay Area. I don't think he cares as much about returning home. But at the end of the day, they need a quarterback. And, and, and like, first of all, it's, it's a one to two. First of all, he's only got two years left on his contract. That's Aaron Rodgers. But I, I look at the San Francisco situation, and I go back to why I would have chosen Jimmy G over Trey Lance coming out of training camp last year. It's because you have a team that is built to win a Super Bowl right now. Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, all these guys aren't going to be around forever in their primes, you know, going into leading into their primes, uh, you know, Debo Samuel, whatever. And it's like now you got to go into, like you said. Because then you have to give him, what, a two or three year contract. And then you're saying the Brock Purdy, then you're not going to be the starter. So sorry, we're going to have to end up uh, trading you or something. Well, Brock Purdy, uh, as you said, I don't think he's going to be ready for the start of the season. So now what are oh, we Oh, he's not going to be ready. Forget about that. That's already over. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. so. So, you, do you trust Trey Lance? Because no, no, no yeah, I yeah. So I, I mean, I, I go to Aaron Rodgers and I figure it out from there. And I'm By sorry. Way, do you, do you trust Brock Purdy? Like he's the guy that's the, the next coming because of what he did in what seven, eight games. Is that enough sample size for you to say this guy's a starter in the NFL? Or do you still have some doubts about this guy? So I'm with. You. Uh, I don't know if he, I don't want to insinuate what you were saying there, but I, I, I have my doubts on this guy. Yes. That before we start annulting him, all pro and everything like that. I thought it was very interesting going into the NFC Championship game. I heard a lot of smart NFL people, including Adam Kaplan. I had him as a guest on some show I was doing where he said, oh, the conversation's over. This is your, your 2023 starter for the San Francisco 49ers. And I was like, really? Like, like were that sold because he beat a bunch of mediocre teams mostly at home? Like, I mean, I, I know he beat the But Cow- they had to push off his surgery now because his arm, uh, the swelling never went down. But, but let's say he, yeah. he goes back to 100% even before the injury. I, I thought it was very weird that it was just a foregone conclusion. It's not even up for conversation that anyone other than Brock Purdy could be the quarterback. So who's I'm with better, you, well, who's a better quarterback? It's easy to say if I said Brock Purdy or Aaron Rodgers, you would immediately would say Aaron Rodgers. Let me rephrase the question. Question. Who's a better quarterback, Aaron Rodgers at fifty million dollars, or, or or Brock Purdy at uh, what two million or whatever he's making? What do you think then? Uh so here's my statement to that. Because <laughs> you could use that money for a lot of other things, right? I'm not a cap expert, but what I would say is what I just said a minute ago. Your Super Bowl window is right now. I mean, how many years are you going to have an elite defense, all the other pieces in place? Like, I, I get it, but it's also Brock Purdy's not going to be ready for the start of next year. We, Frankly, here's the thing. Again, I'm not a, a, a surgeon, but I've been told some of these elbow injuries, the injury that he had, some guys are never the same. Oh, jeez. And so it's just like, how many times do we keep going to the well hoping that Jimmy G stays healthy, hoping that Brock Purdy stays well, healthy? Well, Jimmy G's going to be gone anyway. Well, no, that but I'm just yeah, using yeah. him as an example. Right, right, right. For the last three years, can this guy stay healthy? Is this guy that? Is that? It's just like, I don't know. 
Go get a quarterback that is a sure thing. And Aaron, uh, and I know Aaron Rodgers was banged up this year, but for the most part, he has been a mostly healthy quarterback as well. So He's Aaron Torres sitting in for Chris Plank. I'm Arnie Spanier. We'll come back. we got more stuff from the NFL uh, and where some of the other quarterbacks are going to end up. That's coming up next right here on Fox Sports Radio. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. All right, this segment brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easier and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, your RV, your boat, your ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. By the way, I saw the highlight again of uh, Caitlin Clark's uh, three-pointer at the buzzer. By the way, that was the longest 1.5 seconds left I've ever seen in my life. Um, where they got the foul shots, they got the ball out of bounds. Um, and by the way, I thought you get it at a half court. They they kind of moved it down a little bit, but that was still a great shot, though, Aaron. That that was unbelievable. We get buzzer beaters all over the place for crying out loud, you know. Great week for college hoops. Great weekend for college hoops. And uh, yeah, it feels like you know. Again, I, I understand uh, most people don't care about college hoops till March. Well, guess what? This week is March, and this weekend was a good preview of what's to come. Yeah, and uh, and you know again, my Wildcats got beat by Arizona State. That was a crusher. They sure did. Uh, um, when you're up by one and you have one foul shot left, 
You're supposed to miss the second one when the other team has no timeouts left. They, by the time they get the rebound, they got to throw a full court shot. It's not going to go in. Um, too many guys are making these half court shot nowadays. It's insane. Matter of fact, the Clippers hit one right before the end of half to, uh, before halftime, but they mm-hmm. it was too late. It was like a half a second too late. Otherwise, they would have won the game uh, and they had to go in the overtime. We're getting them all over the place, but uh, yeah, March Madness uh, we're upon it. I love. I'm more of a conference. Uh, Me too. I like that a lot more too, you know. Yeah, that's become a more common conversation uh, over the last couple of years. I remember bringing this up like f- six, seven years ago. People were like you're out of your mind, but I, but my argument for the conference tournaments is, first of all, all these teams know each other; they've played all year. But you get really good t- in the best conferences. You get really good teams going against each other three, four, five days in a row, right? So, opening round of the NCAA tournament. The best teams, and I know the best teams aren't that good this year, but you know they're probably going to win. They're probably going to kill somebody in the opening round. And then the second round, you might get a good game, and then you, you move on in the tournament. The conference tournaments, in the good conferences, like Ugh. Kansas is going to have to probably beat like Oklahoma State, which is a tournament team. Then they'll get Baylor, and then they'll get Texas. Or then they'll get uh, you know Kansas State, and then they'll get Texas. Or then they'll get Texas, and then they'll get Kansas State. Like You're going to see Kansas play three NCAA tournament teams that are equipped to beat them in three-day span. And I just love... Start to finish all week long, it ramps up. That Thursday, Friday, when all the conferences are kind of playing at the yeah, same time. Yeah, the smaller time. ones though. Like out here, we have the America East with with uh, Vermont. How stuff the like that, this you know? year? Um, they won their division, but sure. uh, their conference. But it, they're still not as good as they've been the last couple of years. You know what I mean? They're they're not as dominant, but they still won the conference, so that was good. I they'll they'll get their conference tournament started. Stuff like that. That's that's what I love. It's these small conferences. They're only going to get one team in. So, you know, everything's on the line with the conference tournament. It's what makes the tournament so great, though, right? I mean, you know, Vermont, the opportunity to potentially be on a national stage. You know, some smaller schools. That's what I always say about the NCAA tournament. Everybody loves it because you either are, in theory, betting on it through a bracket or you're you're from a small school, you're from a small state. It's just it's just a really fun event that brings everybody together. And I'll say this too is like we had two years in a row, 2020, I always say, it was the only sporting event that was ultimately canceled in 2020. Everything else, we figured out a way to play. We played the NBA in a bubble, Major League Baseball in a bubble, the Masters we played in like October or November. The NCAA tournament was the only uh, only event that got canceled. And then that tw- was a crusher. I missed it, too. Yeah, yeah, and then 2021, it's played in a bubble, and there's, no, there, there's limited fans. So it was just so great to have the tournament back last year the way that it was, and you had the great storylines. Coach K retiring, and they play Carolina in the Final Four. Carolina wins there. Villanova, we didn't know at the time, maybe Jay Wright's last game as a basketball coach, period. Um, it was just a really fun event last year. And I, I will say this. I think it's going to be really entertaining this year. I don't know if the end result, I don't know if we're going to get a, a Duke, Carolina, Villanova, Kansas type Final Four this year. I'll just put it like that. Uh, by the way, since we're talking a little college, I know you must have brought this up last night, but what the heck is going on with my Pac-12 with the streaming? You're going you're gonna to put it on streaming for crying out loud? This is pretty much the end of the Pac-12. You know that. Though. And I've been telling Chris Plank, as soon as I found out that UCLA and USC were really gone over to, to the Big Ten, they're not going to survive. Uh, matter of fact, I think Arizona and Arizona State should immediately take off to the Big 12. I've been saying they should go to the SEC, but the SEC probably doesn't want them. But you're going to have to have these super conferences more sooner than later. 
But uh, I could see Arizona, Arizona State going over to the to the Big Twelve, or I would love to go to the SEC, and then everybody else is in big trouble. I, maybe Oregon and Washington go to the Big uh, Big Ten, but the, the Pac twelve is over. You, you, come on, we first of all nobody watches the Pac twelve network anyway. Would but out here in Vermont, I have it, and and my goodness, man, you it's just horrible what has happened to the Pac twelve. You, you you're gonna have to move on. Nobody's gonna want to watch it, you know. Arnie, I hate when you're right. Um, I think you're right, though. And, and I think what people don't realize, so UCLA and USC are leaving in the fall of 2024. Right. We are now in February of 2023. Yeah. There is no TV contract for the other remaining 10 schools in the Pac-12 in liter- literally about a year from now. Like, imagine be like, like we always hear this with coaches. Like, coaches never go into the last year of their contract. Like, you always give them an extension before they even get to their last year. I'm with you. Is I, I hope, by the way, I hope we're both wrong on this. I hope they find a way to survive. I think the, the conference is cool. I'll Why should that, they have to, though? Wouldn't it be better if we just go ahead and just d- dissolve it and let the teams go to the other conferences? And then we'll have four super conferences, right? Well, what I would what I would say is the, the sad thing about it is the, the, the remaining Pac-12 football schools are actually going to be a pretty good conference. Like, Utah's the two-time reigning champ. Oregon's really good. Colorado's going to be interesting with Deion Sanders. I'll say this. Even your Arizona Wildcats were much improved this year, right, and I think right. they're on an upward trajectory. So, But uh, the, but the, but, the, but they're Tucson, Arizona, and Arizona State is Phoenix, and Phoenix is a pretty big market, but the, Tucson doesn't do anything. doesn't move the needles, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter about that. Well, it doesn't, and that's why they're having trouble, and, and they're just not teams that I think the, – the problem with the Pac-12, they're not really schools and games that people seek out. Most people, if it's on TV late at night, they'll watch it, and people – People will still f- our generation like like some generations will find it but I'll say this listen I mean I host every Saturday night at 11 p.m. There will be no way for me to watch Pac-12 football the way that we're trending because we have a great setup here in the Fox Sports Radio studios. I can't pull up Apple TV to cover whoa, whoa, the Oregon. Whoa, whoa, whoa! How do you whoa, pull up whoa, Thursday whoa. football? How do you pull up the Thursday football? Hmm, I might have to get with Jason and Mike. I don't know. How do they do it? Well, I mean, do they again, watch on their computers? I'm, I'm literally asking. I don't know. Well, it's the same thing, though, and, and NFL is pretty big, and if it's good enough for the NFL, it, some what people would say Jason and Mike just didn't watch, they, they just like refused to cover the games on Thursday night, like, yeah, we're just not watching it, I can't find it on my TV, so, no, it's a good point, it's a good point, I guess to your point, if it's the only game on in town and there's going to be ranked teams, I'll have to figure out a way to watch it, Right, right. but, right. Uh, you know, it's not going to be easy to get that Apple TV rolling or the the Amazon TV or whatever. Uh, so I, I, I'm with you, though. I, I, I hope that we're wrong. I would like to see them stay together. I don't want a 2014 Big 12. We're going to get there eventually, to your point. Right. But right. I have no problem keeping it this way for a couple more years. Let let the, the league stay together for another five, six years until the Big Ten decides to expand again. Um, I know the SEC doesn't need us, but I would love Arizona and Arizona State to go to the SEC. First of all, it would help big time in, in basketball, but um, though Alabama is number one right now, but I would I would just love to see that over the Big 12. I'm not even that excited about going to the Big 12, but you know you got to go somewhere. Yeah, I think the one thing I will say, Arizona's going to have a landing spot. If you were an Oregon State Beaver and we were doing Beaver calls every time your team won and lost, <laughs> I think you might be in trouble. Washington State, Cal, Stanford, I don't know if they have a landing spot. I think Oregon and Washington will end up somewhere, and it feels like those four, they call them the corner schools, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. It sounds like they could end up in the in the Big 12 together. 
Uh, we're live at the TireRack.com studios. Of course, he's Aaron Torres sitting in for Chris Plank. I'm Arnie Spanier. We'll get back to more of those NFL rumors, I promised. That's coming up next. First of all, let's see what's trending. We check in with Steve DeSager. What's going on, DeSager? Regarding the Thursday night football, how we were able to watch it on TV here, perhaps because we had a corporate account, is DirecTV assigned a channel number to the oh, Amazon game ah. for Thursday. So we were able to watch it Thursday here. You couldn't do that, or at least I couldn't at my home. But yeah, there was a channel number here. And you talked about the boxing today in Saudi Arabia. By the way, everybody, we had Live Golf today, ironically, finishing up its first tournament of the year. Everybody hates Live Golf because of the Saudi money. Nobody cares that Jake Paul took the Saudi money, apparently. And ESPN pay-per-view got in bed with them. And nobody cares that Beyonce gives her $20 million private concerts in the Middle East. And, you know, be a little consistent. Oh, by the way, the NBA played uh, preseason games in the United Arab Emirates. There you go. By the way, the Milwaukee Bucks, who almost blew up the bubble, they walked off the court and said they don't know if they wanted to play anymore was the team that played in the UAE. So give me a break with all this political nonsense. (laughs) This morning, our time, Tommy Fury beat Jake Paul by split decision in Saudi Arabia. Eight-round fight. The winner got knocked down in the eighth. Fury said it was a slip. But Fury before today, despite the last name, was 8-0 with four knockouts. And according to Yahoo Sports, his eight opponents had a combined record of 24 and 176. Oh, get out of here. (laughs) What, do you fight me? Get out of here. Meanwhile, the Live Golf opener finished up in Mexico. Charles Howell, the winner. Let's compare the weekend, shall we? The PGA had the Honda Classic in Florida. The winner in a playoff was Chris Kirk, his first win in over seven years. He gets first prize of $1.5 million. The Live Golf winner got over $4 million for the weekend. Charles Howell had been on the PGA Tour for all of three career victories. Those three wins earned him less than $3 million total. He got over $4 mil just for the three days this weekend. A guy who played over 20 years on the PGA Tour, over 600 events, had only won three times. Four mil plus mm. today. And a tie for fifth today got you about $900,000. Next weekend, there are three XFL games on FX, by the way. There were two XFL games tonight. Houston Roughnecks win, 2-0. And the San Antonio Brahmas got a win. Three touchdown passes for Jack Cohn from Wisconsin and Notre Dame. You know, I heard Brian No here this afternoon, Mr. Notre Dame. He probably went straight from his show to watching XFL. But <laughs> with the Paula Casino 400, I need my updates. <laughs> we did have a victory for Kyle Busch in Southern California, the NASCAR winner, and he has won at least one cup race in a record 19 straight years now. The victory is 61st of his career, most among active drivers. His first win with the new car owner, Richard Childers Racing. Here it was cloudy, temperatures in the 40s. The mountains behind the track were covered with snow, but no rain today, and they got the race in. On the ice, wins for Toronto and Pittsburgh. And then there's the Clipper, the late game, the Clippers at Denver contest in the NBA. Overtime, Nuggets beat the Clips 134-124. Nikola Jokic, triple-double, 40 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists, one turnover. Now keep in mind, the Clippers' most recent game was very late Friday. The double overtime loss to Sacramento that was 176-175. So the Clippers, according to the LA Times, got aboard the jet in LA about noon Pacific time on Saturday headed to Denver. Within a minute of the team plane taking off yesterday, a bolt of lightning hit it. 
Get out of here. Staff members for the Clippers felt the engines momentarily quiet and then rev up again for the steep climb into the clouds. What? When everyone finally got off in Denver for tonight's game, there was, quote, a noticeable splotch along the tail, the site of the lightning strike, which had been stripped of its paint. So really, the double overtime and the overtime losses aren't that much in comparison. Unbelievable. Woo, the Lakers. You yeah. got you to tell that story another time about the Minneapolis Lakers plane that went down in the cornfield. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, that is that's, an old time. Yeah, pre, oh, that's, pre-LA. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. What, how, what was your reaction when you, when you were on air for that oh, one? Oh, come on now. Oh, okay, yeah. And what about when Wilt scored 100 that that's night? Were you that night? Or? <laughs> Lakers today were at Dallas and down by 27 first half and still beat the Mavs 111-108. Milwaukee won its 14th straight game, edging Phoenix. Atlanta got Trey Young's game-winning jumper at the buzzer to beat Brooklyn, and the Hawks agreed to a five-year deal with Quinn Snyder to be their new head coach. Orlando signed a guy who was Rookie of the Year in the league about a decade ago, Michael Carter-Williams. And then there's the game at Portland tonight. Damian Lillard, 71 <clears throat> points. In 39 minutes on the court, Portland beat Houston 131-114. Rockets have lost nine games in a row. So most 60-point games in NBA history, Lillard has five in the last five years, I think. Kobe had six 60-point games. Wilt had 32 60-point games in his career. But this topped 70. And he nearly tied the record for three-pointers made in a game. It was 13 of 22 tonight. Clay Thompson had 14 three-pointers in a game, still the mark. But to have a 70-point game, not even 10 players in the whole history of the NBA have had a 70-point game. This was very rare tonight. Congrats to Lillard, who did so in under 40 minutes on the court, by the way. Wow. That's, that's a first. Uh, who did so with 10 threes-plus made. That's, that's a first. Oldest guy to have a 70-point game. And one of the shortest guys to have a 70-point game. Donovan Mitchell, 6'1", had 71 just a month ago. Still, Wilt, 100 points in one game, the record. And final note, the Padres agreed on a new 11-year contract with Manny Machado with no opt-outs. He would have opted out of his old deal after this season. Most MLB teams started their exhibition schedule yesterday. Padres today. Led Arizona 14 to two in the fourth inning. Won the game 18 to six. 20 huh. hits. Time of the game three hours three minutes. Wow, <laughs> I like that. There was in the Tor- Toronto Yankees game 22 total hits. Time of the game three hours five minutes. There you go. And That's then there was a Washington 3-2 over Houston. Time of the game two hours and seven minutes. That's what I'm talking about, the Sager. My goodness. I like that. Thank you, the mm-hmm. Sager. You have a good week, my friend. Of course, Aaron Torres is sitting in for Chris Plank. Um, by, by the way, way we are live at the oh. TireRack.com studios. What did you say, Torres? No, I was going to say, the, the reason I asked uh, DeSager about the Paula Casino 400, I told him this last night, but my wedding was actually right down the street from Paula Casino, and we stayed at Paula Casino for my wedding. We actually had a rehearsal dinner there. And so when I saw they were um, sponsoring a race, I figured it was some like, you know, dirt track, something, something. And I was like, oh, no, this is a NASCAR Sprint Cup race or whatever the, the you know, whatever the race, the, the circuit is called now. So I thought that was pretty cool. But if you if you were wondering why I interrupted his uh, his thing to hear about the Paula Casino 400, 
That's why, Arnie. No, I wasn't paying attention. Uh, but I do want to go ahead and bring this up here. Um, you want to talk about so a, good with your words, buddy. Thank you, thank you. Um, I want you to listen to this. The highest rated or the highest graded running back in 2016 was David Johnson for the Cardinals. In 2017, Alex Kamara uh, for the uh, for the Saints. Saquon Barkley in 2018 for the Giants. Nick Chubb for the Browns in 2019. Derrick Henry for the Titans in 2020. Jonathan Taylor 2021 for the Colts. Josh Jacobs last year 2022. It now is pretty evident. That you do not need a running back um, <laughs> to go ahead. None of these teams even sniffed uh, a deep run into the playoffs, let alone a Super Bowl. Um, the days of Ezekiel Elliott and all that, but which, by the way, he's just a. Uh, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with him in Dallas. You just don't. It's like having the big seven foot center back in the day in the NBA. You just don't need that anymore. You just don't need the big time running back anymore. You can pick him up anywhere. You know. I don't disagree, um, and it'll be interesting because, you know, this NFL draft, once again, you know, B. John Robinson is a guy that probably 15, 20 years ago is probably a top 5, 10 pick, and, and now people are talking about him as a fringe first-rounder. There's a couple other running backs. It's a new world, man, and it's funny, right, because we were talking about this earlier with the roughing the passer penalties. Is yeah, ev- Everything yeah. has been put in place for the quarterback to protect the quarterback, to keep the quarterback on the field, uh, and slowly but surely that run game, the run game still matters, but the person carrying the ball seems to matter less and less. Do you think we're hurting development of other quarterbacks when we protect the quarterback so much? You know, it allows somebody like a Tom Brady to play in their mid-40s because nobody could touch that quarterback. You just stand there and sling it. Suppose you could just go after him like you did back in the Terry Bradshaw days. Boy, yeah. if you were a scrambling quarterback, um, you'd be worth a lot of money. Um, you know, like uh, Daniel Jones or... Um, you know, um, fields over in Chicago, you'd be worth big time money, and the quarterbacks would not be lasting as long as they do uh, right now. But uh, obviously, we protect the hell out of them right now. I don't know if you saw this, but right around the Super Bowl, there was a good profile of Joe Montana. It was a long written piece, and the underlying story was like, I don't think Joe Montana is jealous of Tom Brady per se. But I think you could kind of tell by some of his comments about, you know, come on now, like you can't compare Brady to me. Like if Brady was playing in my era, he would have retired at 34, 35 years old, just like everybody did in my era. So I don't think that's a stretch at all. Um, I have no problem with it. I love to watch Tom Brady play till he's 45. I still think he's the outlier. I think 37, 38, 39 is going to be the tail end for most guys. But I don't think you can deny that the rule changes during Brady's career helped him last as long as he did. What about those old great running backs? You know, we bring up like Dorsett and Sanders and uh, guys like that. They'd be nothing nowadays, right? The, there's no need for a great running back anymore. You would, You don't need him around anymore, you know? I guess, yeah. I mean, like, would would Emmett Smith? I mean, I guess he Ooh. would still be a Hall of Famer, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Would he be a Hall of Famer? I, I don't know. It's interesting. All right. Well, uh, we'll come back, and of course, we'll give you a few predictions uh, before we get out of here on this Sunday night. Aaron Torres, of course, sitting in for Chris Plank. I'm Orny Spanier, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Now Dave's got it. One forty-five to play. Bump drives, runs it up. Yes, seventy. 71 for Damian Lillard. Oh, man, I got goosebumps. I got chills. I'm seeing history. Dame is the eighth player in NBA history to score 70 or more. All right, that was the Progressive Play of the Day, and it's brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. 
Get that multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, your RV, your boat, your ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. 71, my friend, 71. Mm. Um, are we going to get that 100? You think so? That's your first prediction. Yay or nay, will we get somebody that uh, scores 100 points in the NBA? What do you think about that? It, it seems like it's inevitable with the way scoring is going, but like DeSager did bring up a great point of as good as Dame Lillard was, he would have had to score 30 more points than he scored tonight. So, well, he had 41 in the first half, so you double that, that's 82. But I know that's that's still not 100. That's not, no, that's not 100, though. It isn't. It so, isn't. I, I and Wilt did it, but he wasn't all he wasn't a three point shooter, so he did it without uh, you know, going up against the pharmacist or whoever he did back then. Here's my prediction <laughs> on February 26, 2023. <laughs> Within the next five years, at least one person gets 80. But I don't think anybody gets 100. All right. Outside the top 10 in college basketball, give us a team. We're not concentrating on it. Just give us a team that you think could win the whole thing. Maybe a Gonzaga at number 12. I know Tennessee's hit on some hard times. Um, I don't know. Maybe a Miami. You tell Xavier with uh, with Miller, my, my old coach from Arizona. You tell me. Give me a team. Maybe Indiana, your UConn team, a team outside yeah. the top 10 that could win it all. So I'll give you two. First one is Indiana. They won at Purdue last night. And the bottom line is freshman point guard Jalen Hochefino is a lottery pick. You need NBA players to win. Trace Jackson Davis is a star, fourth-year player. The other one, listen, it's not a homer thing. It's UConn. Listen, UConn at one point started the season 14-0 and with 14 double-figure wins. That's they, right. They destroy, They beat Alabama, who's number one in the country, number two right now, by 15 points. They beat Iowa State, which is ranked by by 18 points. They won at Florida. They beat Oklahoma State by double figures. What happened to them? What happened to them? I mean, I I can give you the whole story. Um, I I think, first of all, conference play is just tough. Like, they played good teams on the road. Um, You know, they played at Marquette. You know, Marquette ends up winning the league. They lose by seven on the road. Uh, They played Xavier early on the road and lost by three. So, I think conference play, everybody kind of knows you a little bit better, and it's hard to go into other people's gyms and win. But they've, they're they 6-1 in their last seven overall over the last calendar month. They beat Marquette. They beat Providence, two top 25 teams. Marquette's the regular season conference champ. So that's why I like them. I, it's not a homer thing. As you look at, at this year, everybody has flaws. Everybody can be beaten. That's true, yeah. UConn can beat you in a lot of different ways. I'm telling you, they really can. I'm not confident about my Arizona Wildcats. I'm not either, man. It's been, you know, again, you talk about teams with flaws, but uh, it's not because of the Arizona State game. But we've lost the teams we had no business losing to. Washington State at home. It, um, it, 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 not not that it's been an up and down year, um, because we're still a good team. You'll, you'll see, it's we deserve to be in the top ten. But uh, we can get caught on any day, just like any of the other teams out there. You know what I mean, Aaron? Any of those top ten teams can get caught on any day. One thing that worries me, you know, you lose that game the other day, like, you let them stay in. Put them away. Um, they're a decent team. We were up by 10. Yeah, That's what we're I mean. By 10. They, they just they, they run too hot and too cold. I'm, I'm kind of out on Arizona. The one thing I'll say for Arizona, they get in that West Regional. West Regional's in Vegas this year. You know that's Arizona. Country. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to because UCLA is going to be in the West Region. So Great call. Yeah, I I, right. I, I don't think that's, uh, that's going to happen. Thank you for filling in, my friend, for uh, Chris Quack. Thank you for having me, good. man. 
I, I miss mean, Plank, I, but I, I liked working with you. It was fun. I hope you learned something about driving a show. I hope I taught you, you know, nice. Yeah, I learned. Don't do what you do. Wow, yeah. wow. Well, I appreciate you sitting on in. Thanks to all the guys uh, producing and directing and all that. Big Ben Mauer coming up next year on Fox Sports Radio. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now.